0: Hi there, Michael here, and I'm back to break down episode seven of Lego Masters on my podcast, Talk Bricks Masters. And since this was a summer camp themed episode, here are your morning announcements. I'm so excited to break down this fun episode with a panel of former Lego Masters contestants, just like I break down all the weekly Lego news on my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks. The season may be around its halfway point, but we aren't even close to being done. So be sure to subscribe because we've got more episode coverage and exit interviews coming soon. But with that all out of the way, let's jump into the breakdown well another awesome episode of lego masters down at camp at summer camp and of course you know will had his counselors amy and jamie so i had to bring a couple counselors to help us break down this summer camp themed episode Making their return to the podcast from season two, we've got Maria and Philip Stratzma. Say hello to everybody.
1: Hey, everyone. How's it going, everybody? I waved again.
0: I know, the all? not answer the- on behalf of everyone, but, uh, you know, everyone's good. Uh, everyone who's listening <laughs> to the podcast is very good. They're glad that you asked them. Uh, but, you know, we're so excited <laughs> to jump into this episode. I mean, I think, you know, the theme in general, you know, could have been maybe even similar to the treehouse. I mean, like, part of me was like, is this going to be good? Is it not? But wow, what an episode it was. So why don't we jump in right there Maria you know tell us your thoughts what did you think about the episode
1: we had that same fear actually I was going in and I was like ooh camp like how can they make this exciting but by the time we got to the end of the episode we were like we didn't even know which way it was up anymore like there were so many <laughs> twists and turns and there was some really amazing uh use of the motor functions and yeah it was it ended up a really fun episode. And yeah. yeah, we loved
0: it. Yes. I mean, definitely. I, the one thing we talked about a lot on the podcast last week was how in your season, Episode one was a motor challenge, whereas now episode mm-hmm. seven is their first foray into motors. And obviously some people had motorized components, you know, uh, a wiggling corgi butt comes to mind. But, you know, that was a big difference, you know, where they had some time to settle into the competition this season. So Philip, what, what are your thoughts on the episode?
2: Man, I to echo both of you. I had some pretty like legit concerns about this episode being almost a repeat of like the amusement park episode, for example, from season one. And I'm like, yeah, like camp is fun because of the social aspect of it. It's not fun necessarily because of what you're like. It's all like, you know, kind of lame buildings with like some trees and stuff. How do, how do you make <laughs> camp fun and interesting? But man, I, again, to kind of say what Maria did, I don't know even which way to land here because there's so much stuff that happened during this episode. And honestly, I think this is probably my favorite episode so far this season.
0: Ooh, all right. Well, we're Ooh. coming out strong here <laughs> with our takes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a really fun one. Let's jump right into it. We had our intro. Welcome to Camp Clickabrick, the greatest summer camp in the world. Uh, Will was the camp director. Jamie and Amy were the counselors, and they sang the camp fight song. But of course, uh, they forgot to write it. Uh, and I think that's sort of like emblematic of most of the humor this episode, which is just a lot of these like, um, like incredibly corny but uh, but endearing, let's say, jokes throughout the way. But in this one, they had to create their own totally unique fantasy camp will said i want your camp to be unlike anything we've ever seen before don't bore me with space camp or a band camp show me your extreme underwater sea monster camp or maybe a will arnett fan camp he said but uh they really wanted them to go wild and it really reminded me a lot of the flip my block challenge from your season where Hmm. they wanted to sort of take a house and flip it on its head with all the motor functions and theming. But, you know, Maria, what did you think about this, you know, premise? Now, I mean, like we talked about our, our concerns going in, but now knowing what the challenge was, you know, is it, would this be a challenge you'd be excited to get?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, I think it would be really fun. one of, well, okay, again, motor functions always kind of scare me, but <laughs> um, the, the whole idea of being able to just like, let your creative juices flow kind of build more creatively, more artistically. It's just a really fun idea. Plus I really like to make buildings and landscapes. So it's kind of right up my alley that way. <laughs>
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, this one is a very interesting one because, you know, they really wanted them to be creative. You know, we heard Amy say, wherever your imaginations take you, we want you to take it one step further. Think of a theme for your summer camp and how you can really make that show in every part of your build. And of course, summer camps are filled with fun activities. So make sure you get them in there too. And I think the interesting part about this is it really took me back to a lot of what we saw in last week's episode, which was sort of like, what is your take on a pirate ship? But don't lose the pirate ship. Make sure it's really piratey and that all the icons of a pirate ship are in it. And so I think that was kind of the fun challenge that I think we saw a lot of teams both be successful with and struggle with this episode. But Philip, what was your take on the challenge?
2: Yeah. So to kind of echo and kind of continue what you're talking about a little bit is like you had to make a camp that was interesting and unique, but keep with the campy aspects, right? Like, yeah. And like, how do you how do you do that from like a build perspective while also trying to build something that's fun and unique and hopefully colorful to bring it make it interesting? while also doing like motor functions on top of this. So what may seem like a kind of innocuous, like simple task now is we're three levels deep on that. Right. So, that's the biggest challenge. You have to be able to really make it look like a camp, but also make it feel like something special and something that shouldn't exist as a camp in our world, hopefully, to make it fun and interesting. Um, yeah,
1: that, that whole thing really threw me. Actually, I kept saying this to Phil as we were watching. I was like, Amy said at the beginning, use your imagination, go one step further. But then throughout the whole episode, they were like, mm, it doesn't look like a camp. And I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> am, I, am I using my imagination or am I making it look like camp? So that yeah. that, would have been, that would have been a struggle for me, I think.
2: And I think yeah. from a team's perspective, like you have to look at what does stuff from like a traditional camp include. So you've got things like the traditional camp sign for, you know, camp, whatever it may be, um, that's like at the entrance to the park, you've got like you know, some outdoor trees, whether that's, you know, in some pools with like camp huts and those kind of things. And those are the items that I think we're gonna be looking for as we get into these builds. Like how are you gonna tie that into and kind of ground it yet a little bit while still making things, you know, fantastical on top of that? I guess it's a very difficult challenge and people don't realize how hard that is to bring those two things together. Again, plus the motor functions on top.
0: Exactly. I mean you really like to your point Maria about the creativity piece, you want to push the boundaries but only up against the camp boundary itself. You know, like Mm -hmm. the camp is the constraint, but you want to be pushing right up to the edge and still be within the camp box. And I think mm-hmm. that that is a tough thing because we've seen, you know, teams in previous challenges and seasons get punished for not being creative enough. But if you're in some ways too creative and you lose sight of the challenge, then you're punished for that. So it's a really like mm-hmm. a, a Goldilocks scenario. You know, you don't want it to be too hot. You don't want it, be de- <laughs> it to be too cold.
2: Well, and we're like, yeah. and I, I, I'm i assuming that there's 12 episodes um, again this season, but we're up uh, past halfway now at this point. Yeah. So these challenges are going to get only harder from here on out.
1: Yeah, and it gets harder to to separate the builds in terms of because you know, like we're watching, and I'm like, I wouldn't have put them in the bottom two, but don't ask me who I would have put in the bottom two because <laughs> they're all as, really good. As the field gets smaller; it does get harder to make those decisions, and they do have to get here. But now I'm getting ahead of myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this team had 11 hours to you know cleverly thread that needle, that camp fantasy camp needle, and bring in all those power functions. You know, so you know, on top of the normal creativity, storytelling and technical ability, Power Functions was that next level. And yeah, it was they were off to the races with their hands in for a get your brick on. They each grabbed a section of the table to your point, just like in the Dream Park theme park challenge from the first season, and they were off to the races. And, you know, this was a pretty crazy one. And I'm not sure if there's a great place to put it in with the uh, build phase. So let's talk about the twist that came up in the challenge right now, which was about halfway, maybe it was five of the 11 hours into the challenge, there is a big twist. Um, The care packages have arrived. And he stops the clock and there's a note from Lego. It says, Dear Lego Masters, to celebrate the Lego Group's 90th anniversary, we want to make sure you never stop building and playing. So the Lego Group is giving the winner of this challenge 90,000 bricks. That way you can continue to create and play after the show is over. Sincerely yours, your friends at Lego. And I mean, the both of you are huge mock builders. Tell me, it does is 90,000 as big of a number as I think it is? Or does that not actually go that far?
2: Well, is it is it 90,000 like different? types of brick or is it all 90,000 like two by four brick, right? Yeah. To your point, I mean, two
0: by four would be a large volume, but I think I, I yeah. have to yeah, imagine, it'd brick. be a mix or they'd, I don't know. Would, do they let them pick from the online pick a brick? <laughs> Who knows? Uh,
2: maybe or send them a bunch of sets equivalent to 90,000 bricks, which is quite a bit. Um, there's only one winner of every season. I mean, I assume so. And this one not being any different um, being if there's one winner. Like, do you want to continue to kind of push to potentially be that winner? Or do you want to take like a consolation prize of 90,000 bricks? And so that's a lot of value there, right? Yeah. And again, even as a mock builder, we have uh, a decent amount of Lego brick that we have available to us here at home. Um, but that's still a significant like a lot of brick. like addition to your collection. But man, that golden brick is very enticing as well.
1: Well, it's it's so great though, because, you know, I remember um, there was another reality competition show we would watch in every episode. The winner would win a gift card to to a store and it either, or like amazing race, uh, they would win like a trip or whatever. Right. Yeah. So you know, Lego Masters has never done anything like that before. So now that they've kind of introduced this whole idea of like a prize partway through the show, that's pretty exciting. I think I would have a hard time not wanting the brick. But of course, ultimately, you don't really get to choose. But
2: yeah, uh, And every every April wants more Lego. So every, I mean, every, it's hard. It's hard to like Apple say Master no. I don't want any Lego.
1: Well, and yeah. and in my head, and actually, I think we both were like, so what would that co- like? What would that cost if you were to buy ninety thousand bricks? You know, it's like probably nine grand or something. Right. I mean, that's a pretty good price.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like a 10 cent part per piece. As we uh-huh. always talk about, yep. that'd be like a nine yeah. grand. I think,
1: but, I think it's like yeah. 12 and a half cents per piece now, but you know.
0: Yeah. And it's tough. Cause I think like to your point, you know, when there's 12 now 13 teams this season, only one of you can win. So if you could walk away with at least something uh, that wouldn't be so bad. But in the second box, to your point, uh, besides Will's underwear, which it started out to be, um, (laughs) there was a golden brick. The golden brick is back. Um, And this was like the most I feel like gamey thing we've ever seen on Lego Masters, because, you know, with those two prizes, the 90,000 bricks and the golden brick. Will was going to conceal those prizes into two boxes and the winner of this challenge would get one of them and they'd be able to give away one of them, but they wouldn't know which one was which. And, you know, I love a lot of these kind of more strategic reality shows like Survivor, Big Brother, where a lot of times you have to do these things, even on The Amazing Race, to your point, like sometimes you give another team a U-turn or a punishment or, you know, so the interaction between the teams becomes strategic. And this is the first time we really saw that come into play on uh, Lego Masters. and so. I feel like they're definitely amping up the drama this season with, you know, the mystery 13th team with this sort of twist. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, like, uh, you know, part of, I think what's so fun about the show is sort of it's wholesome, I always say, great British baking show energy. Uh, and, you know, Maria, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Like, does this tip the scale in a fun way or in a, well, now it's starting to take away from, you know, what we know and love about Lego Masters.
1: Uh this twist, unlike the previous twist, which I think probably a lot of people were like, ooh, that kind of changes the feel of the show, like bringing that an additional team in. But this one, I feel like is kind of fun because it doesn't actually hurt a team. Sure. Uh, And I think, you know, maybe there's that whole aspect of like, ooh, who are they going to pick? Like, are they going to pick the team that they like the best or that they get going to pick a strategic team. So I can see how that, that might be a little like awkward to pick who, who is going to get that other box. But mostly I think it's just kind of fun. Like it just adds a little extra little spice in there. And you know, somebody gets to walk away with the gold brick and somebody gets to walk away with 90,000 bricks. Like how fun is that?
0: For sure. And I think like to your point, you know, when, when nobody loses, you know, it's at least the other fun part is we get to see what goes through their heads. And I think like part of, um, You know, in Big Brother or Survivor, there's often challenges where the people have to pick players or they have to, you know, um, they get to eliminate players in a challenge. And so it's fun to like make the players make decisions, you know, and it's fun to see that decision making process. Mm -hmm. So to get a little taste of that here, or at least nobody gets hurt, you know, I think it is Mm -hmm. a I think it is a fun uh, addition. And I remember like freaking out, to be honest, when this moment came up in the show. (laughs) Um, But why don't we jump into the build phase of the challenge, just because we'll get into like the decision making process later. When it came to that twist, but in the build phase, again, as a reminder, we like to talk about kind of the trials and tribulations and we're getting down to where there's a few enough people that we're getting to spend some time with most of the teams. So I'll walk us through this discussion, where we probably won't touch on every team because I'm not sure every team really struggled in a major way. Um, So we didn't get a major segment from them. But you know, but we're starting to get to that point where like, the shows has the room to breathe and give us a little bit more content to the build phase, which I always appreciate. Um, but why don't we start mm-hmm. uh, from the top with Brendan and Greg, their build as a reminder was Wild Willy's Airborne Wonder Camp. And this is all about, uh, you know, where baby whales come to learn to fly. And it really had this great theme park theme. And there was some, you know, concerns from Amy and Jamie, you know, is this enough camp like or is it enough Theme park, or is it too much theme park? Like, and so you know, Philip, I'd love to get your thoughts about this struggle and and sort of like, did you did you agree with the judges? You know, when when they were giving that sort of feedback.
2: Yeah, I actually thought that feedback was completely legit and was actually great feedback for them as a team to take because we know that from previous like seasons and episodes that if you don't take the feedback from Amy and Jamie, that can be a death knell for you. Um, and I, they realized that it was a problem because I'm looking at their build and I'm thinking this looks more like SeaWorld than it does <laughs> like looking like a, a camp that you would go to because there's a lot of, in camp you think there's you know a lot of wood, there's a lot of like lakes and trees and stuff, but I'm seeing a lot of like, you know, mechanical items. I'm seeing a lot of like the roller coaster with the bright colors and it's not. It's not quite working for me. I think the concept is really fun because, I mean, I now I'm thinking back of, like, the movie Free Willy from the 90s. Um, that would just be a lot of cool, like, like uh, let's ride a whale. Let's, you know, let's have these whales have fun. And I I think it's a really interesting and fun idea. Um, again, how are they going to ground that down into being, like, camp-esque? Um, and I think a little bit later, we see that they make a pretty big pivot um, into their decision on how they're going to handle, like, to make it more campy.
0: Yeah. Well, the pivot that you were mentioning is they decide to rip out this large roller coaster section, you know, which in in essence, I actually felt like it was probably a tougher between a rock and a hard place kind of decision because it also gave their display much more visual presence and especially height, because I think a lot of these campsites, you know, became kind of flat. And so what elements (coughs) sort of added height, I think, was part of the visual presence that they could bring to the challenge. Um, But they decided to do that. And so, you know, you know, they also had a divide and conquer kind of uh, mechanism where Brendan was going to focus on building that motorized component and Greg was going to focus on the story. They're making a big pivot, you know, Maria, like talk us through, you know, was that the right decision? Should they have just tried to figure out how to make that work? You know, it, it's always tough, you know, cause you lose time, you lose, a lot when you make a pivot like that.
3: Yeah,
1: I actually was super uh impressed, maybe, that they decided to take it apart. Maybe a little shocked because I can remember a couple episodes where I looked at what we had and I was like, like the like the windmill episode, for example. We we're like, hmm, do we need to take this big gray tower down and do something else? And we're like, there's just not time. Yeah. And uh but they did they did sort of reuse it. They repurposed it into that like slide into the water. So yeah, it still looks kind of roller coastery, but I thought they made a really smart pivot with it because then it did sort of reduce that theme park look even though the roller coaster would have been fun but yeah. it's true you don't you don't see roller coasters of close
2: it, it was interesting because in the edit that we got you didn't get a lot of like the spinning whale tower like they didn't show a ton of it yeah. so you're thinking as a viewer you're like they really don't have a lot once they pull that roller coaster down like and to me yeah. having this team do really well in the past two episodes like this this makes me nervous for them i'm like you know this is a potentially top tier team that we're looking at here that's having to make a massive change And I think it helped though that they had both of them focusing on different items and they're both very strong and able to complete a lot of stuff on their own. So they can kind of fall back more on what we would eventually see at the end product with the spinning whales, which was really fantastically built from a like mechanical perspective.
1: Oh my gosh. It was, I can't even fathom how they put that together.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I hope that they do a breakdown of the technical configuration of that when they're all done. Like, yeah, um, for sure. It it was really well, really (laughs) well done.
0: (laughs) For sure. Well, you know, why don't we move on then to Dave and Emily? Theirs was Camp Ooze. But the one nice thing uh, is they gave us a little bit like in, in uh, behind the scenes of how people come up with their ideas. Because I feel like that's a tough thing. We saw that <laughs> on the last challenge. But we're seeing that again here. And there's a three-step process. So I'm curious to get your thoughts like how accurate this is. Uh, n- n- number one, step one, panic. And, you know, step two, think of an idea. In this case, the Ooze Exploration Camp. And then step three, make that idea crazy exploring all the different kinds of ooze Maria you know like obviously you and Philip came up with lots of ideas in the show was this a tried and true method for you or was there a different approach
1: (laughs) uh uh, there was a lot of panic in episode seven um (laughs) for us there was a lot of like what are we gonna do how are we gonna do it how is this gonna work let's be honest Maria Um, there's panic in
2: every episode
1: (laughs) <laughs> there's there's always an element of panic, but there were a few episodes where because I think we've talked about this before, but we even before so even before we started filming, we did a lot of brain dumping, and we would just take a piece of paper, and the the rule was there are no bad ideas, and so we yep. would anything that came in your brain, you would say it, we would write it down, and then and then after that, then there would be bad ideas, right? So then <laughs> we would pull out the good ideas. And then we would develop those ideas. So we did. We did sort of have like this catalog of ideas going in, but they they don't always work, right? So sometimes you do have that moment where you're like, "What on earth are we going to do?" And how are we going to make this cool and different for everything else? So that like the panic is so true. Like I totally relate to that.
2: (laughs) But I love the fact that they like wrote it down as like or they came up with it as steps, right? Because (laughs) if you continue to panic, the entire build is when you're going to have issues. But if you can get that panic all out right away at the beginning and just like freak out completely and then kind of settle down and then come up with the ideas like they talked about um that's actually a really, really fantastic way of handling stuff. And people do that at like work and during challenges all the time. Like, especially when you're in a high pressure situation, it's just get it all out, move on. Yeah. So as as much as it makes great and funny TV, it's also a realistic strategy.
0: Well, and, I, you know, the other thing is that we saw Ethan and Dom struggling with their builder's <laughs> block, like oh, writer's
2: gosh, block. Oh gosh, yes.
0: And, you know, so part of me felt like they, you know, they, they just couldn't come up with anything that felt totally original, that was inspiring. You know, this definitely reminds me, of course, of Christine and Michelle in, you know, that previous uh, Treehouse episode where sometimes like the challenge just doesn't strike you, you know, it like, it doesn't, it doesn't inspire you or like, you know, especially doing challenge after challenge. Ironically, this is the team that's done the, the least number of challenges back to back. But like, you know, it's it's hard to come up with those ideas on the fly. But yeah, I think that that's one of those instances where, um, you know, I wonder if, if to your point, like they could have done something just to like shake the cobwebs off. Like part of me feels like I would start doing jumping jacks or something, just to, like <laughs> get your brain Run around the room. Yeah, I mean, don't you think like, I feel like, You know, when you, I guess when you've come up with or coming up with ideas, even whether it was on the show or for your own personal creations, like I'm sure you've run into this builder's block as well, Philip, but like, how do you get through this? Like, you know, any techniques that we can recommend to future Lego masters?
2: So we actually have a really good process at home where we work through this. Unfortunately, it doesn't really work well on the set, but we, the two of us will actually go for a walk together because you're not in front of a screen. You're not yeah. distracted by anything that's in your house. You're out, especially at night when it's dark house. You don't get distracted by like the neighborhood and everything that's going on in your neighborhood. So we'll actually go for a walk. And then we actually come up with our best ideas typically when that happens. Now you can't really do a walk around on the set. I mean I suppose you could. You could just walk around in circles. But uh, builder's block is definitely a real thing and you can see the stress and this i think is one of the disadvantages of having a team like uh these two gentlemen coming in late like ethan and dom being in late where they haven't had those previous episodes where there's more teams to kind of help you with a buffer if you have a bad idea to get through as i said we're past halfway now like you have to be able to come up with those ideas and the cameras that was the other thing i was thinking about too putting myself in their shoes because when you watch the tv show you're seeing the individuals you don't see what's on the flip side of them, what they're looking at and it's all cameras and they're all over there at that time because they know that they're <laughs> making good TV and they're going to zoom mm-hmm. in with those cameras. They're going to have like the producers there and there, everybody's looking at you expecting you to like flub up. Right. So yeah. the pressure's real. And that
0: does that does. Not make something it that you see so as perfect. like
2: a, a a you know audience viewer of the show.
0: Yeah, it's a real like dance monkey dance moment. Cause like yeah. to your point, <laughs> like 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 you're already worried that you're not gonna deliver for your partner. You're already worried you're not gonna yep. deliver for the people at home. And now there's like 15 people who are like watching you not deliver, you know, and that that I can't even imagine that sort of pressure for sure. Uh, But, you know, it's interesting uh, to see how they ended up getting through it because like a strike of lightning, they came up with their idea, Monster Camp, which which turned out to be obviously... A pretty fun idea. The other thing that we got from Ethan and Dom was uh, a classic camp song chant. I don't know what we want to call it. Uh, you know, there ain't no flies on us. Uh, so I'll, I'll do a dramatic reading if I, if, you, if you'll indulge me. Oh yes,
3: please. Yes.
0: <laughs> there ain't no flies on us. No, there ain't no flies on us. Where there, uh, well, there might be flies on some of you guys. There ain't no flies on us, and we saw. I feel like I'm singing it to Steven and Steven. Oh, thank <laughs> you for the snaps. We, we saw them sing it to Steven and Steven. And then by the end of it, the whole group was singing. There ain't no flies on us. I went to camp. I have never heard this song in my life. Uh, but, you know, Philip, you know, what was your thoughts about this song? And was there ever a time that you all sang a song on set? So
2: yeah. I, actually, I'm going to let Maria get into that one about the song. But um, having been to not like a full week camp but having in camps, there's always songs and everything. But honestly, I'm kind of thankful that the rest of the cast kind of chimed in because <laughs> I love Will. I think he's a fantastic actor. I think he's pretty funny and he just cannot sing. His voice does not lend himself to singing. So I appreciate the rest of the cast kind of picking it up and um, uh, kind of taking it beyond what could have been really, really awful ear splitting television and oh, making it into on, something that's that really bad. funny. But again, I think at this moment though, you're seeing what Lego Masters does to contestants and it creates a family, it creates yeah. a camp like at it's like, like almost because you're almost like camping out at like a master's, right. Yeah. And it creates this community and having these songs that you're singing together really is an opportunity during the show to show everyone out there in America and the rest of the world that like most of these cast members are just a big family. And we've seen a lot of the stuff that they post yeah. online recently since then. And a lot of like, you know, when the whole Ethan Domp thing, when they're at it, i And mean, like all the other teams must be really upset. And I'm sure there was some of that, but they're a big family. And I like this moment. I like this moment from like a, <laughs> a, like a, a team building exercise from a positivity building experience on Lego Masters and being one of those positive shows that it's still a reality show, and there's still drama. But man, we can still have fun and be positive at the same time.
0: Yeah, Maria, do you? Is there a story that you want to add? Well, do I want to add it? Not really. Yeah,
2: th- this, this is never. This it? is this has never <laughs> been heard before here. This is this on is anywhere hot, public. This is
1: a hot take right here. So you'll recall from season one, there was a certain contestant who had a very nice singing voice, and he would sing songs, and then he'd get a nice soundtrack to it, and right. Yeah. Okay. Everybody, everybody loved him and his singing. So Phil told them. That I sing like not like I sing at church, right? Like it's I'm not okay. like a
2: Maria so has singer a singer. No. <laughs> Maria has a minor in music. I'm just gonna toss that out there. Okay,
1: well that's true. I played <laughs> the piano for many many years. Anyway, so. Uh, Anthony Domenici who's the producer of the show he caught wind of this and so okay so you you were just having this discussion about the writer's block right and how you're sitting there trying to think of an idea and you've got all these cameras on you and you like your brain is a blank right okay that was me whenever Anthony would come over and be like hey you should sing something and I'm like what on earth do you want me to sing like I don't have a single song in my head right now they're like just make something up and I'm like but I can't because like literally they would stand in front of it, and my brain would go blank like there's literally nothing think there <laughs> so i try you know i i i wanted to try to be that person but i could not be and um i think phil is a little disappointed about it but um... no
2: not at all <laughs> and then i and then i think about I was... though like these opportunities where you could get the entire cast to sing with like you know yeah. these camp songs right so I, I think that alleviates some of the distress having come up with something immediately like boone amazingly did for the vast majority of episodes that he was on
1: i don't know how yeah. he did it it was it was incredible it talent is unmatched
0: <laughs> well i guess if you want to get on the show then you might want to tell them you can sing i mean i, I know your building <laughs> skills is what should get you on the show but i don't know it seems like singing might be a secondary criteria I know. well yeah. and
1: i i have to say on that note i'm a little disappointed that natalie never got tapped to sing anything because she actually is like semi-professional and has a beautiful singing voice but yeah. they never got her to sing anything on the she show. She did sing on the one the episode, puppet. the puppet episode. She did yeah. a little bit
3: for the
0: puppet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was in, that was impressive. Uh, but what we were talking about how, like, Will likes to pimp people out into doing these songs, you know, make other people the butt of the joke. But there was another team that made Will the butt of the joke, which was Steven and Steven. <laughs> Their, you know, camp was the Superhero Initiate Training Camp. Um, and, uh, you know, he, we'd like to remind you that uh, superhero is one word. So it's only <laughs> the, the abbreviation is S- I.T., not something else. Uh, But they also paid homage to Will by making him the captain of their camp. I was like, oh, another captain, like the pirate themed challenge. But Captain Tatenra, a.k.a. Arnett spelled backwards, was the leader at, uh, you know, what Will considered bleep camp. Uh, And and, uh, I thought this is a pretty funny uh, thing, sort of seeing Will kind of on his heels a little bit. I know, Maria, you and Will had a lot of like funny banter in the behind the scenes. But what did you think seeing Will kind of uh, uh, as the captain of uh, of the SIT camp, not anything else?
1: I, I have I have to confess, it actually took me a second to pick up what was going on there. I was like, <laughs> what is he talking about? I was like, oh, my gosh. And then, <laughs> and then the look on his face, I just was cracking up because he just had this look on his face like, I can't believe this is happening right now. Like, yep. what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> Yes. it was great but I thought it was a really cute little homage that they they made him they put him in there but they put in like bizarro Will Arnett you know because I mean he does play a superhero but now yeah. he's like like a bizarro superhero he's a superhero at a camp which is funny. I thought it was really cute
2: I, I think this is one of the things that really to me again elevated this episode for me because if you look at reality TV it's a lot of the spontaneity that makes an episode fun right and Will like whenever you can kind of get him and catch him off guard and make him like make him spontaneous <laughs> is when it's fun and it's yeah. funny because some of the scripted stuff that he does, some of the jokes, can kind of land a little flat. But when you catch him off like this, it gets really funny. And then <laughs> I, I was thinking about Pixar of all things when this was going on because in Pixar movies, they always include stuff for the parents, right? That uh-huh. sometimes really go over the kids' heads. I'm putting my hand over my head like a swoosh motion here, <laughs> um, but you can't see on my podcast. But again, having these items in there for like the adults that are watching this show, it's like they know what they're trying to spell. They <laughs> Uh-huh. bleeped it out on the show, which I thought was really risque for like a oh, kid's yeah. show, but also really fun. So, oh, so good. again, just a next level. This episode was for sure.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, And then another team I wanted to just talk about hard, hard segue uh, is Nick and Stacy. <laughs> uh, so theirs was all the cloud camp, you know, which was all about floating platforms. Definitely reminded me of your one hanging brick challenge with the two teams that did floating islands, but You know, but again, we came into another team here that had really great story elements. Jamie said, fantastic story. But what are you visually doing to connect it to a camp? And, you know, Nick said, we leaned really hard into the fantasy elements, but now they're gonna have to add some of those classic camp icons. And, you know, we saw them, you know, with a magnifying glass and a map for a scavenger hunt, you know, but it's tough because like we talked about, you you know, did they almost take it too far? you know and i and in some ways i wonder did they hear the word fantasy think fantasy versus like a dream camp, like your ideal camp. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like sometimes the challenges can be taken a little literally. Uh, but, you know, Maria, what did you think about this? Like, did you agree with this feedback or do you feel like the challenge is a little fraught? You know, this idea that it has to be too campy.
1: So I don't I don't like to be too critical of the judges because I know they have a super hard job and everybody always gets on them. But I do have to say, I completely disagreed with them on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um this and and when we were discussing at the beginning of the show this whole like tension between it being camp but not being camp, um this was the one that I specifically had in mind because I thought their build was really cute. I thought it was very clean, it caught the eye. Mm -hmm. And it looked like a really fun place to be. Like, I don't, okay. okay, So he did mention space camp and space camp. I know they didn't want space camp, but like space camp doesn't look like camping in the woods. Like that's not right. So like, why couldn't this be a camp in the clouds? Like there's all sorts of fun activities for the kids to do. And it's it's your imagination and one or maybe even two steps further. Like I like this build a lot. So I was a little bit confused with the judges' criticism on this one. Um, I disagreed. Sorry,
0: guys. (laughs) I mean, going back to Amy's comments, she said, uh, of course, summer camps are filled with fun activities. So make sure you get them in there, too. They're in there, you know, and then, um, you know, think of your theme for your summer camp and how you can really make that show in every part of their build. So to your point, like the Mm -hmm. whole camp was entirely reskinned, you know, which, Mm -hmm. you know, which, you know, maybe... I don't know. I'm saying to, to your point, you could read their words. I think sometimes uh, what we found, I feel like especially this season, it's come up a couple times where like when, um, you know, I think back to uh, Stephen and Stephen in the dinosaur challenge, when they told them that their motion, you know, didn't work, they weren't chastised for it. It was sort of like, okay, mm-hmm. your motion didn't work. Sorry. But then other times we've seen people promise the motion and then they don't deliver and they're chastised, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those bottom I feel like it's one of those things where you just sometimes have to, uh, you know, understand that it's very subjective. And so sometimes it's uh, it's it's off the rules, but it's the kind of off the rules that the judges like versus the off the rules that the judge is like, well, I don't know about that. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I think that's sometimes where we get into some complications. But I guess speaking of the judges, why don't we jump into the judging so we can really get into these builds and talk it all through we get a beautiful animation when they all get put together into one mm-hmm. camp. And I think this putting it together in one camp wasn't quite the dream park, theme park, the mega city, you know, like some of the other combinations that we've seen, because we never really saw it as one big camp versus like a bunch of camps next to each other. But, uh, but no, I, honestly, I thought, I love when they do these animations and yeah. like those beautiful panning shots. I, you know, I, I know it, I, you know, I cut things out for my, you know, YouTube thumbnails, like I can't even imagine doing it visually, you know, because they don't like put it on a green screen, like, so I'm very impressed that somehow they're able to make that work. But I love a good animation. Uh, But why don't we jump into the actual judging and we'll go in the order that the show did with first being Steven and Steven, like we talked about the superhero initiate training camp, I'll give you the story, the story goes, welcome to the superhero initiate training camp, Captain to Tenra and his staff know accidents happen. And th- as far as activities go, they'll teach you how to fly. They'll bust through a wall or two. If you have super strength, you can learn from Counselor Smash. And you can practice your fire and ice destroying the captain's quarters uh so maria we'll start with you with this one what did you think of this camp
1: i I was so impressed with the fun details they put in this one i i was like surprised as they they were you know talking through it and i was like oh look they're breaking through the wall i was like oh look there's a giant smashing a car like i just thought the details the the little thought that they put into this story super super well done um yeah just and they had some great motion in there too actually i think i said this before i was really impressed by the motion that everybody did there were things in there i'm like i have no idea so yeah, they, it, it's, a, it's a really fun build and and I, I love the giant smash of the
0: car. Yes. Well, and from a motion standpoint, there were kids flying at the very top of the building. Another kid was crashing through the corner of one of the walls of the tower. And there was that car that the big giant guy was lifting and it sort of would move up and down on the right-hand side of the build. And it reminds me of the Flip My Block challenge where they talked about from a motion standpoint, it's easy to make things go around and around because like that's how the motor works. And so I like these teams that had kind of more unique motions that translated that those gear actions into something a little bit more interesting but you know philip what stood out to you for this build so
2: to start i think this was probably my favorite build um okay we don't always have our favorites um but this was definitely one of my my for sure my top two um because i thought they did a really good job again with all the fun details when you really dig into it there's a lot going on but it's never overly distracting. And then they did a lot of things really well by having different scales around the build. So they had like, we talked about the large guy smashing the car. So that's kind of on one side, right? And that's its own little, uh, like, scale and size, but then you have this large tower in the middle with a chunk that's missing and then the people flying around, um, and then you have the medical tent that's on the other side, plus all the other stuff that's going on the ground. Now, there's an opportunity for a lot to get lost in there, but it almost seems like they had a really good focus on all the little stories throughout this build, and the set did a good job of being colorful and fun with not overwhelming the viewer as they look at it. And they definitely got the memo that this was supposed to be very like summer camp in the woods as well, because even though it's a superhero like camp, there's like, uh wood um like uh blocks or um Mm. wood logs that go up the sides of the actual tower itself there's the logs that line like the front of the roof on that again they've got like the medical tent which you would typically see in the uh the summer camp as well along with the name on the front of it um so again really impressed i thought it was a lot of fun the movement was super creative and it really helped tell the story it wasn't there just because they had to do it
0: yes yes we love to see that to your point and you know i think like that tower was interesting it was like a square tower but then the bottom of it was this like uniquely shaped base part of the building where it had those angled roof you know uh plates that were essentially it was like like a 12-sided roof so it's a very like interesting unique design there which i thought was nice I think the color scheme could have been like a little bit more, um, color blocked in, you know, in a way that sort of had the elements stand out a little bit, you know, some, there was some sort of muted colors at the bottom, like gray, and even the blue didn't stand out a ton because the whole tower was gray and there was a little bit of brown. And I just think that they could have probably made it that uh, just a tiny bit more cohesive just to have even stronger impact. You know, it wasn't like it was bad, but that's how you kind of can take it up one more notch. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, but your point, lots of cabin elements, and, you know, even picnic tables, I noticed that people were sitting at. So, yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of interesting builds. The other thing I feel like we, they never commented on was the, there were these like little like lifeguard towers by each of the, you know, uh, training elements. I, I imagined it was sort of like the counselors were up high watching the kids, you know, do their, you know, feats of amazing abilities. But I felt like that was kind of a, a funny detail, sort of these like little lifeguards. That's <laughs> what it looked like to me.
1: <laughs> um, I also really like the way they did the roof on their medical tent because, um, you know, they did the like the, the, the cylinders and the one by twos all stacked together. And they, so it's got this really nice little curve to yeah, it. Like curved. it looks like a tent. Yeah, it looks yeah, nice. And
0: the, and the Red Cross is even built into that design. So that's yeah. kind of fun too. But yeah, I mean, Amy loved it. She said, I think it's so clever that you've actually made your summer camp building a tall tower because that's what we imagine in all the superhero comics. But what I love even more is all of the little accidents they're having because these are superheroes in training. I love that you have that one crashing through the wall. So yeah, I mean, I think to your point, like even in a lot of these builds, just because I think they're they're unique from a showpiece standpoint, you know, you really do need to dive into the builds to see those little details, see those stories, because <laughs> the large visual impact, you're going to miss almost all of it. Um, but yes, and then Jamie- I, loved I
1: just think it's funny that you said dive into the build and there's a kid flying through one of the buildings.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. I, <laughs> I planned that pun for sure. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, and then Jamie loved it. You know, all the movement, you know, to the right, the movement up above, you're getting movement in the right places. And, and that sort of goes to what you were saying about it enhancing the story. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think overall, this was a pretty successful build. And and I think it sort of goes to show, I think what, what makes you successful in this is to say, what are camp things? And how do I give it a my theme coat of paint, you know, and I think it's, so it's like a camp first, but I give it a coat of paint in the theme that I yeah. you know, provide. And I think that this is the first build that sort of started us off. And doing that quite right, uh, you know, I guess the next build, I think, also was pretty successful here, which was Austin and Justin's build. This was Camp Go With The Flow, you know, because uh, this kind of reminded me of a, uh, Caleb and Jacob's uh, build with the ski chalet volcano, uh, where it's like, it's a relaxing place. There's also a volcano. <laughs> um, you know, I think that, that was sort of the theme of this build. But as the story goes, um, at Lava Camp, you uh, sorry, at Camp Go With The Flow, where we lava you, you can do lava surfing fireball soccer, a team tug of war over the lava river and campfire for roasting marshmallows. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll start with you then, Philip, what did you think of camp? Go with the flow.
2: Well, at first I'm thinking like these kids are fireproof. So is this like a yeah. spillover <laughs> from like Steven and Steven's like sit camp? This yes. is like the, this is like the junior, <laughs> junior camp to that. They they figure out that they're fireproof or whatever. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun. And I think one thing that's really challenging that they took on was the, their, could have put themselves into a large gray block um by having this volcano because naturally you have the volcano you have to have like the mountain or the hill or whatever it may be um but how do you handle that while also adding color to it um the one thing they did really well is they didn't just pick one color for the lava but they actually used a multitude of colors so i'm seeing some reds and some oranges as well as the yellow that you would expect out of lava as well uh, and making those gradients and making it feel alive right yeah so that that's your trick so so now I'm not like the the mountain is there but it's in the background to me and the thing that should be in the front the foreground is the lava And then of course they have the lava explosion on the top with the transparent bricks which I thought was a nice choice as well Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then doing fun stuff like in the mind of like if I'm a child I'm like man it'd be really fun to like take a surfboard down a lava flow but realistically you can't <laughs> do that. Well in Lego you can and I'm glad that they did the small things like that. Uh, also a huge fan of like the ombre that they did on the sign of the <laughs> The, like and it very fits right it's very lava-y. Yeah. and so way to tie those two together um again another little fun build it looks very like campy to me i like the little bridge that they put in there and then you know they thought about things like oh we have a hot tub like duh like obviously things are really hot you're gonna be able to boil that water so just little like clever hints like that where they can tell they actually thought about it is really fun
0: yes absolutely because i think to your point what we want to what we want to be impacted by is the fact that it is hot. So, what does that enable? You know, to your point, like it enables a hot tub. You know, okay, the volcano exists there. Well, what can you do on a volcano? Rock climb up the side of it. You know, so it's sort of like, like I said, it's that camp theme, but with the lava coat of paint. And I think, but not in a way that sort of is nonsensical, which maybe they're like fireball soccer leans a little bit in that direction. But something like Tug of War <laughs> yeah. over the lava sort of becomes a way to use that lava theme to enhance a camp activity. Versus it just being, and it all ties in versus it being sort of arbitrary. But Maria, what did you think of this? Did you lava it?
1: I did lava it, actually. Uh, When they first started talking about surfing on the volcano and playing fireball, I was like, dang, they're being so creative with this. Like, I I never would have thought to make a lava camp of all the things, right? (laughs) But, but like, I don't know if I look at this and I think, yeah, this, this could totally work. Like I thought the, the motion they did with the surfers was really nice. And uh, I just, I love like all the things you guys already said, like all the little details they put in there, because um, I mean, it's really easy to make the mistake of the big gray block or whatever it might be in the middle of your build. you And, and it, it looked like that at first. And I think that was one of the comments that um, Amy and Jamie gave them. They were like, just be careful. This doesn't become a big you know gray blob in the middle of your build and they did a spectacular job with it because it doesn't give me that vibe at all and like like Philip said I love the um like the gradient they even I feel like there's at least three maybe four colors plus transparent brick all work throughout it so it just has a really nice natural look to it but it's bright and it's fun and all the little activities they had were great I don't I I really like this one a lot I think they did a great job
0: yeah I mean, so many little details like, you know, I loved they had the fire pit and they also had paths to the cabins. Like, I feel like that's a very camp thing that maybe a lot of the teams didn't didn't, you know, particularly put in, but the paths. And I loved that. And then it seemed like the counselors were these brick built lava monster characters, which I also thought were fun. Um, But (laughs) yeah, yeah, I mean, this one definitely had a lot to stand out. And the judges agreed. Um, You know, they said, Amy said to think that in the first week you were in the bottom two, you know, and. You know, and then you're delivering this awesome model this week when they and just like you said, Philip, she loved all the color and the explosion at the top. And it just seemed like a, an exciting place to be. And, you know, listen, you know, another couple I know was in the bottom two. their first challenge named <laughs> Maria and Philip and look at what, oh, what? They were able to do. So it, <laughs> it, it never you can you can never let it hold you back. Um, but yes, right. I mean, it was uh, it was spirit. definitely great. And like Jamie said, the movement was compelling. You know, it's elegant, it's fun, but it's also quite tricky. And I feel like to your, to your point, Maria, about the surfers, it was this like up and over motion, you know, it wasn't that and then the tug of war that Mm -hmm. back and forth linear motion Mm -hmm. is very hard to do you know so i feel like they didn't do anything spinning it was all like a more complicated motion which i love to see personally yeah well moving on to emily and liam we had dragon camp this one uh had a very interesting start the power functions were not working and this is like that like nightmare scenario uh we hear like uh emily sort of like say this like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: <laughs> which i also like loved
0: um and then they were able to get it to work but this time going backwards and so i think in essence if it had to mess up at least they got it going at all um but as the story goes here at dragon camp you can fly with dragons swim with dragons ride down uh ride on a real life dragon water slide garden with dragons, roast marshmallows, play and chill with dragons. You can really do anything with dragons at dragon camp. Um, but Maria, what did you think of dragon camp?
1: I I mean, I, I want to go to dragon camp. Um, dragons are great. <laughs> I, I thought their tower up the middle was really visually very effective. Um, like they could have just used the, like the big ugly rock pieces to build a gray tower, but instead they built these super cool groundish like um, boulders to stack on top of each other. And then, of course, they used one of my favorite techniques they put green vines over it which makes anything that's great look better yeah and (laughs) um and then of course they have the the dragon sneaking around it so like The I almost don't even notice the stuff that's on the platform because I'm just so interested in that really cool tower in the middle with the dragon wrapped around it. And then of course they have the kids flying on the dragons circling around it, which looks really great too. Like it just, it looks like fun. I kind of want (laughs) to go.
0: Well, to your point, like that tower just created this amazing visual presence and height. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I think adding height to your build, I think was an important piece that some people were more or less successful at, but these this team was definitely successful at. And to your point about how they composed it, there was also, like you said, the dragon that snaked all the way around it. And there was lots of little dragons, like these little baby dragons that sort of studded the overall build. And then obviously those two major dragons, the red and blue, certainly reminded me of uh, Wayne and Zach's build. We talked about that mm-hmm. at, the end, at the end of last episode. But I think the amazing, compelling part of that was this very unique motion. Even though it was going backwards, the dragons would go around and I I missed it until the judges commented on it, but the heads would actually kind of like rock mm-hmm. up and down as they went around. And this is an incredibly impressive mechanism. But Philip, what did you think of their build?
2: So uh, kind of starting off what you mentioned earlier with <clears throat> the functions not working like a right off the bat. Yeah. Like, Immediately your heart drops and you're like, Man, what are they gonna do? I will give a massive amount of credit for Liam to not give up and to keep poking at it until he got it to work, even though it went in the wrong direction. Uh and he's not overly old. And to have like the fortitude to be on television to be able to continue to try to mm-hmm. make it work, I mean you're you kind of start losing like uh dexterity in your fingers because like you're freaking out your adrenaline's hitting you right mm-hmm. and you could easily destroy the build. Um and he didn't he was able to focus down and get it to at least move right so to show off all this hard work that he had done. No, it's tough. When you move stuff and there's mechanical in in mm-hmm. like inside of it, like stuff breaks. It gets misaligned or whatever. So uh good on him for continuing on to make sure that it at least did what it was supposed to do, even if it was in reverse. Um <laughs> (laughs) The thing I always okay, you just you
3: just switch
1: the camera.
2: (laughs) Yep, exactly. It's reversed it like they did on TV, which I thought was hilarious and fantastic. (laughs) Um, The the risk with dragons I always see is like it's been done a lot, right? Yeah, it was done in for sure in our season uh, multiple episodes by multiple individuals, whether it was like dragons or sea serpents or whatever. Um, So you run that risk of like overdoing something. But I think in this aspect, it's okay that you have a dragon camp because. It's taking something that is more intimidating and trying to make it more fun, right? And I, I, again, he did a really good job of, or both of them, I should say, did a really good job of like having the height, not having it be this boring block, but then wrapping the dragon around it, which just, again, just brings, I don't know, th- this kid's got a lot like going for him down the road. And I hope he ends up at Lego designing sets for them because he's clearly looked at the entire like uh, base that they have to work with. And how can I cover this really well? Like, and how can I cut like the different colors and you know, the car blocking like you talked about earlier um, and make it visually interesting while still making it look like a camp and this amazing movement. Um, mm-hmm. really impressed with this build and I uh, really excited to see what they're continuing to build uh, going forward.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and there was so many little things. There was like, a sort of like petting zoo area, there was there was cabins. <laughs> At the center, there was those two fire breathing dragons, which had the heads bobbed up and down. And then there was even like, a, like a rockier section with a lake where you could do the water activities, you know, little tents throughout, So there was definitely a lot in there, Um, you know, that they were able to pack into that landscape and add more of those little stories. You know, I think the, um, the interesting thing, though, was, you know, Amy's feedback, where she said, there's a lot of details, you've filled the space. But I think the playful stories like, toasting the marshmallows in the flame, you could have given us even more of them. A a little bit more fun with those stories is what she said. And I think that sort of goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is that you sort of have to have the theme of it enhance or inspire the camp activity that you're adding that coat of paint to Whereas I think some of this felt like a little dragon. So you could do this with them. You could do that with them. You could, but it felt like less inspired by the dragon specifically, maybe most notably the, um, the flying piece is, you know, what was incredibly inspired and the roasting marshmallows, but like a dragon water slide, uh, you know, like some of those examples were like a little less impactful, you know? And so I think maybe that's what Amy meant when she said sort of like having more fun, letting, you know, those playful stories could have given even more of them. I think, it's the playful part not just the more story you know it's not just quantity it's the that quality aspect and and i think of that more as like um you know what would have taken their build up and even higher notch not would have what mm-hmm. would have made it a good build it was a great build right it's just that's what, what would have taken mm-hmm. it an extra level for amy we
2: we got a lot of this um for like i should say Market even got a lot of this where like because they were such like really good builders and both of them are very accomplished even prior to the show and the work that they had done um jamie and amy would push them and i would be like mm-hmm. man they're really overly critical these <laughs> fantastic builders but realistically mm-hmm. it's like when you have that all-star that's on your yeah. team, right? Like you push them harder and it seems like it's unfair, but man, if you can push that individual harder, they go from being, I guess, from being a star to being an all-star, right? Yeah. So, and it again, if, if you're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing well, I'm the top of my heap, I can keep going. And then one episode you slip and you're gone, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you keep yep. that edge on? So I think that's part of why they got that feedback the way that they did is because they are such strong, like builders and character and storytellers that they want the extra push to get to the extra next level.
0: No, I, I totally agree. So well said. As we segue then on to Ethan and Dom, their build was the monster camp. And in this story, the monster camp is where kids can face their fears and become the monster hunters they've always dreamed of. And we get a beautiful animation. And basically, uh, some of the activities include monster hunting target practice, uh, you can cannonball into the pool and face come face-to-face with a tentacle monster. The giant mama monster, you know, can interrupt the campfire, you know, where everyone's roasting marshmallows. And this camp is full of screams and full of fun. Uh, and it definitely was pretty fun. But Philip, what did you think?
2: So I don't. I doubt they had this in their mind when they thought about it. But um, I thought about Kelvin and Hobbes in Kelvin's imagination and how he would always create these like really fantastic, bizarre monsters. But yeah, the way that he would interact with them would be sometimes on a negative level, but a lot of times it'd be on like a fun level, you know, like the monster ate my homework or the monster like I am the monster and like I'm not eating my food and it's on the floor now, that kind of stuff. So there was a lot of fun with that. Like they did some really cool things where the entrance of the park, you know, it almost looks like Cookie Monster, but it's sure. it's a monster mouth, right? Like that's just kind of like the things that you would expect, but to have to come up with that on the spot, especially after having their delay to go mm-hmm. was pretty cool. And they did some fun, like kind of texturing on that sign even to make it look like monster fur or monster scales. Yeah. Um, and then having the big eyes and then with the sign over top of it at a nice angle, I thought was really, really cool. And then as you kind of move into the park, again, you have these tentacles kind of waving in the background, which you would expect them to do because again it's a monster park and why would you not have tentacles? Um <laughs> and then you've had the big red monster kind of chilling in the back. He's walking over, he's got his arms out, acting kind of scary, but still yeah, fun because it's red and pink, you know, and pink red monsters not that scary. Sure. And even having things like the where you go buy food, having it be like a monster like a top for the roof, you know, and then there's a monster sitting at the the table outside getting food and it's a lot of fun and it feels very much like a camp. Right? It's like they had a camp, and then the monsters showed up,
0: yeah, I know it's it's interesting it It sort of reminds me of like I think they took the note almost from the last challenge where their build was like a pirate ship that had some monkeys on it, whereas, like Nick and Stacy, they had a pirate ship that was themed to monkeys. This was not a camp that had monsters just who attended. It was a camp that was fully monster themed and very immersive in that mm-hmm. way. So I, I know, I, I don't know if it was, a you know, Dave likes to talk about um, from your season, like each challenge sort of being a response to the previous challenge. And th- that seemed to, to come, you know, come out here uh, with this team, especially. But Maria, what what was your takeaway?
1: Um, I think this one probably had the most campy feel to it. Like they literally had a log cabin out, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't get much more camp than that. So like they they did do a great job. Like Phil said, you know, they've got all those little camp. It is, it's like they have all the little camp icons and then they monster fight it to the point that like, it's not a sign that says monster camp. It's a monster with a monster camp sign. So it, it yeah, like it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it really screams, screams monster. Like to <laughs> wow. Um,
2: well, well played Maria. Nice work.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I was looking at the the foliage in the background and I was like, Hey, I recognize that tree technique. I don't know if you can see this, Philip, but there's a tree in the back that's yeah. built yep. the same way. I build my, uh, my pine trees and that I'm sure that has nothing to do with me. I just, it, I loved it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, <Michael laughs> I, I love
1: foliage. to see a familiar technique, you know? But they, um, one thing they did that I didn't really see as much in the other builds is they really filled out the ground. Like there mm-hmm. is no, really no visible plate on the ground in there. They have grass and they have flowers and they have bushes. And like, I mean, they just went crazy on the foliage in there, which I think just really gives it that good campy feel. And again, I love foliage. So Of course, that's what I'm going to notice. But um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I mean, they even have the details that they have in there. I don't I don't actually really know how they physically got it done. I don't know if they like tore a hole in the time space continuum or what. But like the the (laughs) level of detail they have in this thing for the, you know, probably less than 10 hours that they build it is insane.
0: No, I totally agree. Because your point, like they were still an hour into it when they hadn't come up with their idea. And to be able to have it be that complete, you know, they had the shooting gallery, they had the pool they had you know just um there was that whole building on the left side that had uh you know some fun colors they had the big building at the back which had like cabiny woodsy details like there was just the the sheer volume of work was very impressive and to be able to nail it with all the details that bathroom had a toilet in it you know like it was like fully themed out you know the the monster food area the we used to call that at my overnight camp the canteen is what we used to call it Oh, mm-hmm. Order food, mm-hmm. you know. So the canteen, you know, it had this great monster detail. But there's also stools around the bar section. Yes, there are yeah, bar so, stools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like they really like not a detail was sort of out of place for this one, and it really helped it come to life. The motion with the tentacles, they sort of spun not just around, they spun back and forth, which gave it. And because they were all twisted with those Mixel ball joints, it gave it a really unique motion. And then the Mama Monster lifts the arms up and down, kind of right, left. And again, like that's a a very cool mechanism to see in this build. So yeah, I mean, from a builder's block beginnings, it was great to see this sort of comeback. And Jamie even said, I'm so happy you guys took the extra time up front to align because when you come together, wow, magic can happen. And, um, you know, Amy went on to say, you made sure there was a summer camp there and we had all the clear icons and then you twisted them to have a monster theme. And I feel like that's exactly what I was getting at earlier, which is that they really wanted everything to be To like, to sort of like be cohesive, not just be there. And I think that this team really nailed that in a fun way. Our next team though, team number five was Nick and Stacy with their cloud camp. And as the story goes, at Cloud Camp, you can ride long lost unicorns or zip line with the tooth fairy, enjoy all the snacks and treats in the world. And you can go on the leprechaun ride or do a scavenger hunt. Uh, but, Philip, why don't we start with you on this one? What was your takeaway of Cloud Camp when you saw it finally come together?
2: So, the first thing that I think, obviously, everybody notices is, is the movement, right? And then, like, because they had the outside that moved and then the inside that moved, um, if I remember correctly, they moved in the opposite directions. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That is really difficult. Um, and then not only did they just make the movement like that, because spinning motion, again, spinning motion by itself is easy. Uh, spinning motion with in different directions with one in, unit inside of another is very difficult. But the fact that they used that spinning motion to then tell a story of like the different items, like they had like the spyglass, for example, and they used like the transparent spot. So you as it would stop around the items, like you can kind of look closer, right? So really creative use of the actual functionality of the movement that was required to make it more interesting interesting. interesting yeah um i'm a huge fan of cloud stuff uh it is very like i remember because we obviously we did our hat that had like you know the cloud in the, in the hat on top of yeah. it. And then Brian and Lauren also did like a cloud build with the uh, rainbow as well. Um, and then Dave and um, Richard also did like the cloud build with the like-, um, Jack, uh, and the like the Jack and the Beanstalk. Thank Jack the Beanstalk, thank you. Jack the Beanstalk. And I it was kind of like, I love seeing this kind of continue forward where people continue to kind of use clouds as a fun, uh, like uh, area to build around. Um, again, and Maria mentioned this a little bit earlier, it, they went really fantastical. And I think that was some of the criticism that they got from the judges. Um, But I I think that's okay for me because it wasn't really spelled out that it had to be really more grounded. And maybe there was something that we missed because there was something in the cut that got dropped that they didn't really express, for example, right? And they had like the camp sign and maybe they could have leaned a little bit more into that. But once again, um, they deliver us a really fun, colorful build with a lot of really interesting characters um, that, again, kind of serve a purpose. And it's different than everybody else's who's all terrestrial for the most part. I guess the the dragon build, you know, with the flying dragons and the superheroes and stuff. But it, it takes you out of like thinking of stuff on the ground and puts you literally in the sky.
0: Yeah. And I think to your point, like, I guess I wonder the question is if they had just done exactly what they did, but on grass with trees, would it have been okay? You know, like, I I think like, that's the real question is like, Was it just too hard to see the fixtures? Because like they had those beautiful rainbow bridges. Those are sort of like the paths I was talking about loving the other builds. And and I like in some ways because it's what a path would be like if you were in the sky. You know, like so in some ways, I really love a lot of their choices. I guess part of me wonders if in some ways they fell into, you know, what Brendan and Greg will talk about in a second where, you know, we're criticized around with it being sort of theme parky because there's a literal ride at the center, which has those spinning elements that looked just like it would at, you know, like it was the teacups or something at, you know, Disney. And they also had where you could ride a unicorn, which is sort of like a carousel or something like that. And so a lot of their activities and their motions were like attractions, maybe more so than activities. And so I wonder if maybe it was those sort of things that took away from the impact of the camp-like atmosphere. But Maria, I'm curious to get your thoughts on all this.
1: I still think they got it totally wrong on this one. Um, This build's amazing. (laughs) I, I, like you said, with the rainbow, the rainbow, it kind of reminded me of Hogwarts and the movable stairs. Yeah, Um, like I Like, I love that they have these little paths that you like hop into the middle and then you spin around and then you get to the other island and you get to do an activity there. Like, what a fun way to go from activity to activity at camp. And they have, they have a stable and they have tents. And I think they had, didn't they have a campfire? Yeah, they had a campfire. I mean, I, I... I I love you, Amy and Jamie, but you were wrong. <laughs> Hot take right they're, over here. They're going to listen to this podcast
2: and they're going to reach out I to you on Instagram. And, yeah.
1: I know. I love this build. I love the clouds. I love the way they did the rainbow. I remember when we were first putting together our hat and our first thought had actually been to do a, a rainbow arched over the top of it. And I could not wrap my brain around it. Like I just couldn't make it happen. So we did something different, which is fine because it ended up being better. And we really liked the way our hat came out. So like no harm done there. But I'm I'm looking at the way they put their rainbows together and they just they look really nice. And I think they did great. <laughs> I mean, they I would definitely not have, did great. In a million yeah. years, I would not have been a million years put them in the bottom two. I was shocked.
0: I mean, they had so much great detail. You know, they had the cloud platforms themselves were so well constructed. The back left, there's a moon and stars. There's the giant rainbow. There's a picnic area on the front right. There's the zipline area on the front Mm -hmm. left, the stable at the back right. And then that center platform was like so impactful. And like, so there's so many great elements for sure. Oh, and and finally the trees and the tents in the back area. So like they really had it all there. And Um, I was
1: gonna say one other thing is we've seen in the past, there is a precedence where if they say we want movement and you give them a good movement, that tends to be that thing they're looking for. Right. Like yeah, that it'll, tends it'll trump to be you're yeah. Right. Yep. And their movement was spectacular. So that's another reason why I was really surprised because they did a really challenging movement. And so to me, the fact that it looked good and it met the qualifications that would have kept them out of the bottom two, there is a precedence for that. So I just, like, I wonder what was going through their heads as they got called into the bottom two and they're standing there. I wonder if they were like, what in the heck just happened?
2: Well, and I, and I, I, I'm thinking about this now I'm looking at it, right? And I'm putting put my mind and myself in the place of the judges. One thing they could have done, they actually did it on a few of the clouds, is they have, like, the dirt ground. I think if they had translated that to all of the clouds and had the clouds themselves been, like, you know, again, well, the framing around it. Now, they may not read as clouds then as a result, but, again, they have you, it in some tent, spots. They have it in the some tent spots. The cloud I
1: see that. has dirt. In yep, the, as the, does, the, like,
2: the picnic yep. section. But maybe if you had done same that, like, and tied it all together in that regard, and it maybe it would have made them look more camp-ish. I and think it's perfect. Some, yeah.
0: I know. I, I, it's funny. I think, like, their theme was clouds, but it was really sort of, like, fantastical, like, leprechaun, tooth fairy, like, memorable characters, you know, like, seasonal and, you know, and memorable Yeah, is children's.
1: there, a, oh, that's a tooth fairy, not a cupid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tooth fairy. But, you know, but I wondered if like they'd taken like, because in some ways the cloud was really only served as the ground then at that point, you know, and so I feel like they could have had this like leprechaun tooth fairy camp on, like I said, on the ground. And would it, would it have just at least, you know, made him less obvious that it was something that the judges were questioning? I guess, I guess we'll never know unless I get to interview <laughs> the judges again. Uh, but
1: we'll never know. Right? I'm sure that, I'm sure that um, Naked Stacy could probably give more insight into because the judges say way more than what makes it on the air. Sure. And I'm sure that's that actually a really good more point. Insight into to what happened on the show. And they may, not, they may not know. They may just totally disagree. But they may also be like, well, here was this rule that they didn't say. Because I was looking at all the builds and I'm wondering um, in the Flip Your Block episode, there was like a minimum number of movements requirement. Like, sure. didn't they have to have four movements or something like that? Yeah, And um, I'm wondering if in this one, two things, I'm wondering if there was a height requirement and I'm wondering if there was a number of movements requirement because all of the builds are quite tall and theirs That's is true. not very tall except for their their sun up on the like clear bricks. right? So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, what, what rule was given to them that we don't know about?
0: Correct. Why don't we jump into our next build? This was Dave and Emily's build. This was Camp Ooze. And at Camp Ooze, the Space Flamingo counselors have a lot in store for you. There's an Ooze wave pool. There's, um, you know, the Ooze rope course. There's so many elements in this Camp Ooze. But Maria, what was the standout for you for the Camp Ooze build?
1: Um, Okay, so they have these really crazy trees.
0: Yes. Um, yeah.
1: And so first of all, there's the ones on the top that I realize this is campos, but I look at them and they remind me of rock candy <laughs> and because there's like that, that transparent blue, they look like crystals and they look super cool. I think they fit the whole like theme of the campos really well. But then down on the bottom, I don't, I don't know. I think these are like Travis bricks uh, or the, like the snots with the snots on all four sides with um, maybe like one by one plate yeah. snapped onto them. I don't know but they again they give this really cool effect and it's just a different way to do trees than you usually see people doing and uh they they give you that that camp vibe with the trees but yeah. the trees have been reskinned to be some sort of weird i don't know hardened ooze substance <laughs> so um like i think i think that was a very clever play on the camp theme with those trees um and then okay i'm gonna, i'm not totally sure what i'm looking at are these little aliens? They're the little flamingo rubber, with rubber ducky inner yeah. tubes. Yeah, <laughs> they're really cute. They're really cute and they're super fun because then again you've got like these—they're they're like minifig size, right? Because they've got the minifig legs and the little minifig tube. They're not minifigs, and they're really cute, just like wandering around, hanging out, going to camp. So um, I I thought that the use of the um, the transparent change chains was a fantastic way to show the. Ooze. I feel like that maybe that has been sort of done in previous seasons.
2: Natalie um, Michelle.
1: Yeah, so like it's it's a great way to add. Like texture and movement, and like a different because it's not it's not a static piece, right? Yeah. Like it, um, it it can hang in different ways in different shapes and it's not like, it's not rigid it's not square and so they gave it really did the trick with the um <laughs> the, the drippy ooze everywhere so yeah, yeah like uh, really fun really brightly color built
0: yeah super fun i and I, I sort of wondered if they were learning from some of the other teams because in the previous one steven and steven had sort of a transparent green ooze you know to their ship and then also in the previous challenge uh brendan and greg had those fish people which had a brick built component on top of a minifigure just like their aliens so They might be picking up Mm -hmm. a lot of skills as they go along, (laughs) which I like. Um, But yeah, this Mm -hmm. one was super fun. I definitely noted the trees because they had such a diversity of trees. They had some traditional brick built trees, which looked great, like some more pine tree, normal looking trees. They also had the prefabricated trees, like the tree piece. And then they had those tall blue trees. They had at the in the front right section these other trees, which was like these light, uh, like aqua colored, you know, trees. Mm-hmm. So they, they really had, um, I don't know, like maybe a lot of time to build a lot of trees. But I think the <laughs> density of the forest is sort of what makes camp feel like camp because you're sort of isolated in your area because there's just giant trees everywhere. And I feel like that really was incredibly successful. But Philip, what did you think?
2: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, the- the trees in a lot of the other builds, are they feel like they're tacked on to make it feel like camp, right? And they're not necessarily there to tell the story, but when you think about an ooze camp, like you could have just taken, uh they Emily could have just taken like the green and put it on top of stuff, right? Sure. But they, they chose to take it to the next level and make the whole camp like uh, fantastically covered in like ooze or other otherworldly textures. So you can understand it's like, it's not like there was just an ooze explosion inside of it, but this this camp is like the way it is because this exists naturally somewhere on some alien <laughs> planet, right? Uh, again, with the the different trees that they did and the way that they did different angles on them, the tall trees, the short trees, um, the transparent parts that they used really makes it feel like a um, unique experience for the kids to have and then again coming up with the chains at the end kind of like put the the icing on top um, or the ooze on top of things ooze on top yeah but then they still they had like the other rigid structures though of like the different buildings throughout the camp which you would expect to see which I appreciate that they have that in there and then just fun little things like the sign itself says camp ooze instead of just camp ooze right like yeah. <laughs> you, they kind of played on that that fun. And I to me, I wonder if the two of them had a camp experience together um, or they both talked about their camp experiences. And they just had a lot of fun as siblings because you think about camp, you think about going with your, your sibling to camp and what that experience may have been like. And I think that they really um, took that and ratcheted it up to the next level made it a lot of fun and made it something that was they're honestly they're all very unique but this one was something i would have never thought of
1: yeah well and i think you make a good point about the trees because uh people reskinned the buildings the activities but nobody really reskinned the trees they use right some people they made their own trees, but they look like regular trees. Whereas this yeah. one, it, it it was like they 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 reskinned everything. So this this is on a different planet, and the whole color scheme they use with like that bright blue and the aqua and the green, it it almost looks like the picture is taken with a filter because it, <laughs> like, <laughs> because it it does it, you do you do feel like you're on a different planet. So it does give it just a super unique feel.
0: Yeah. Well, and they and they used a lot of this to great effect. Those tall trees became the basis for a. Rose ropes course, which is definitely a camp thing. Yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. did yep, the ropes yep. course at camp. And they had on the front left, the back right, there was some kind of cabin-y buildings. Um, you know, they had their big pool. Obviously, the pool is a big thing uh, at, or a lake of source is a big thing at camp. And this was a wave pool, which added a really interesting wave-like motion. And they had like ooze dripping off the sides. They had a big ooze slide going into the into that wave pool, which I really liked. And to your point about like reskinning kind of known elements, their campfire, it's blue. Because it's an ooze tacular experience, as they said, and <laughs> you know, I will say like the ooze concept. I was like, "Ooze is that a theme?" Yeah, is, you know, like. But I, but I will uh-huh. say like that's why you want teams that are like this, where they're gonna just have fun with it, and they're not gonna, yep. they're not gonna let people who are skeptical like me get in the way of having ooze be a really fun concept. <laughs> And I will say I have to imagine we're like of a similar era growing up because that Camp Ooze sign with the big orange and lime design was giving me Nickelodeon vibes for sure. Yeah, sort of like slime, yep. you know, the <laughs> Nickelodeon orange. Uh, so I have to imagine that that was of of a of an inspiration for them. I actually, fun fact for everyone who's listening, I was slimed at Nickelodeon Studios as a really? kid. Really? Yes. Oh so yes, I, I got to slime I got slimed, which was like super funny. And I actually got to learn that like all the slime is edible. So in case oh. you know somebody eats it on really? accident, yeah. isn't it like made out of does, like like applesauce or something? Yeah, it's i it, it did not taste good. Uh I, oh. I, not that I was trying to eat it, but but yeah, even like <laughs> like all the things they use there are, are edible just in case. But the the funnier part though is after you get slimed, like what do you do? So yeah. they take you like into the back hallways of what used to be Nickelodeon Studios. But yeah, so I, I just like awkwardly showered at at a theme park and film studio back as a kid that's totally normal i have that's so, so totally many normal. questions
2: about this experience that i feel like we don't have time for right now but uh, we're unfortunately, definitely that, afterward sure we do,
0: but uh afterward we'll we're definitely in this gonna... episode we'll do yeah. we'll have to do Okay. A Q&A. yeah um, when
3: you
1: when you do your patreon this will do your bonus content
0: <laughs> exactly right that, uh, then i'll then i'll show everyone the pictures um but no but this is uh, definitely a fun fun camp you know um Jamie said, it was really nice to see your model come to life with all that ooze and the chains that really works well. You know, um, Amy loved the wave pool, so much energy, so much life. You know, I think um, Jamie said, but I think uh, it is pushing some of that magic a little more. Your buildings are rigid, rigid. They're almost like bunkers. And so I think, you know, he said, whenever you're going with a theme like ooze, you know, that classic theme, everything should (laughs) complement it, you know, And, and I sort of feel like, It's again, one of those teams where maybe like Emily and Liam, they're asking them just to like theme it maybe where it makes the tiniest bit more harder, Um, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, listen, I thought this was a super fun one Uh, and we only have one team left, which is Brendan and Greg
2: real quick though. Do you remember, we talked about earlier where like they had the three steps. The panic, yeah. the ideas, and then the crazy. I think they succeeded. At, definitely yes. at the crazy part for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The, honestly, it was too crazy for Jamie to handle. You know, like he, uh, <laughs> you know, he's just, he's he's probably he probably, not he probably had the same thought. He was, yeah. He he's <laughs> a mechanical
2: guy. This is too <laughs> this is too organic for him.
0: Yeah. Like get, get on the ooze level, Jamie. You know, get oozing. Uh,
2: get slimed. Go to go to Nickelodeon studio and get slimed.
0: I, yeah. Loosen up a little bit. Go get slimed. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Well, our last team friend and <laughs> Greg, this was Wild Willy's Airborne Wonder Camp, and you know, if, if that if camp was was crazy, I think this one, from a concept standpoint, it was even crazier. As the story goes, baby whales they live in the ocean all their lives, and they get jealous of flying fish. So, baby whales, for at least one point in their life, get the opportunity to go to Wild Willy's, and some of the activities was obviously getting to fly on the simulator, the drop plop, which is a like you go down the roller coaster and you land in the pool, and the counselors also. One of the activities, the councils will spray you down. You know, they'll keep you wet. And then, <laughs> of course, it's not a camp without a campfire. But
2: I'm <laughs> Whoa, having a hard a time eagle. keeping under control.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Philip, I guess it sounds like you've got some strong opinions. What do you think about this?
2: Oh, my gosh, the drop plop. <laughs> just, uh, so, okay, these these two... Like, obviously they have the mechanical skill, but like the name and the ideas, like, where do these come from? Like if Dave and Emily's ooze camp make no sense, like a whale camp because they're looking at flying fish and like, they're jealous. Like, where does this come from?
3: How cute are their whales? They're
1: so
2: cute. The whales are really fun. And I, and I these are the kind of things that Lego masters needs though, because you have a lot of ideas that have been used every season that you go further, a lot of the concepts and ideas and a lot of things are going to get burned, right? Right. Quote, unquote, burned like and used. Right. And you can reuse them a few times, but
1: like the red and blue dragons.
2: Yes. But <laughs> like whales in a whale camp. Uh, I mean, I, I, am completely sold and I want to go there. And I, I'm just, I'm envisioning myself at this camp and all these like Orca noises in the background, which I won't <laughs> in, in try to intimidate because I'll do a terrible job. But um, yeah. I, am really glad that they did decide to kind of drop the roller coaster idea. I think that was a very smart call because they really could have been called out on that. And there's still some parts of it left. And I think they turned it into kind of like a slide. Now they could have made it, and I just think to get time. They could have made it more slide like, and like built like a, a frame on the outside of it and somehow made like, made it a little bit more watery involved, right? Because they're whales and you expect there to be some water or something. I don't know. Um, water slide. yeah, exactly. So, but, um, it ends up in a pool, which is cool and fun. Um, but the color usage I found was really interesting. Um, like the pink and white, that was definitely different, especially for a couple dudes like to pick was really fun. Um, and then the mechanical aspect, um, again, of the whales as they are flying, cause they're meeting that thing that they wanted to actually fly. Right. And they put them on this mechanism and they fly them around the top. And not only do they go around in a circle, but again, like with nick and and stacy they took the spinning mechanism and they brought it to oh gosh the next level um (laughs) i can't help myself uh anyway uh they bring it to the next level by literally moving the thing up and down while the whales are spinning around this tower like i I look i'm looking at it and i understand how the cables didn't get hung up but how did the cables not get hung up um (laughs) So anyway, I'm gonna I'm just gonna end with that saying that the mechanical aspect of this was fantastic. I'm really impressed and I'm hoping at some point that I'm able to meet them at convention down the road and see what other mechanical masterpieces that they've done. Similar to Wayne and Zach from season two and uh uh Amy and Tyler from season
0: one. Yeah, I mean this was definitely a unique concept for sure. And it was the only camp where the campers weren't like minifigures, they were whales and all those brick-built characters were really nice. Um, You know, like, I mean, this team knows how to build, you know, brick-built characters. And there was multiple whales in blue, white, tan, gray. I mean, they really, like, had fleshed out a lot of that piece of it. I think, obviously, whether it was a time-running-out piece or the mechanism sort of, like, pulling more of Brendan's focus than it should have, they just didn't, I think, get to, like, give it that fully-finished, polished, you know, look that I think some of the other builds had. But, Maria, what was your takeaway?
1: So seeing this on tv i i was surprised that they were in the bottom two because they did have such a crazy concept for a camp right like whales um and because their motion was just so crazy like it it was so good when i zoom in and look at it i can see the problems the judges had with it right and that's that's not to be like critical but like I, I really do think this was just a matter of of time for them. Like, yeah. they put so much into the roller coaster, which they ended up scrapping, and then into this mechanism that they didn't have time to spit and polish it. Um, and so, like, I, I guess I can see where the judges were coming from, um, but... I I just, I thought, oh my gosh, whales at a camp. And I want to be one of the counselors that's like spraying down the, the whales. Like that sounds super fun. <laughs> and I keep looking at the whale they have on the camp sign with the wings. And I just, it's really cute. And so I I think it was a really fun concept. I think that they put, they, they managed to work those camp icons into the, you know, the whole build in terms of, you know, making it so these whales are attending a summer camp for whales. Yeah, um, But I, I, I guess I can see, you know, there's, there are some like, like, I, I bet if they were, if they were making this with their own bricks in their own time, that slide would have looked totally different. Or
2: even if they had you another know, hour um, just, you know. Right. Because knowledge.
1: like this, the slide is some technic bricks that are pinned together. And, yeah. and I'm sure that they look at that and they're like, we know we can do better than that, but they literally, we have to get this up. And yeah. so I understand that, that panic of, oh my gosh, we're running out of time and we have to have a complete build. Let's just get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they did. And, and um, yeah, so, cause I, um, well, I, I don't want to skip ahead, but when there was that discussion at the end about, um, you know, bottom two and all that, I, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I would necessarily put them in there, but again, like, yeah, it's two people have to go there. Like yeah. it, it has to happen. Right. So, I mean, I guess I can see why they probably, I still disagree with Megan Stacey. I'm going to be talking about this for a while, but
0: well, I feel like if we look at last week as like a, as an emblem of how the judges are thinking, the bottom two last week were essentially the least pirate shippy ships, Yeah, you know, the ones that didn't nail all the icons. And I sort of feel like in this instance, and a little bit with Nick and Stacy, like I said, a lot of their motions felt like theme park rides, you know, the yeah. up and down, you know, piece, it's kind of like the classic drop mm-hmm. ride, at least in visual appearance. Um, you know, that we see it at, you know, different theme parks. Like you mentioned, the slide was held up almost like a roller coaster is held up. And it Mm -hmm. even had a sign saying drop plop, which is basically (laughs) like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we are not immature at all on this <laughs> no, not no, a no, bit. no, 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 um, no, no,
1: it's totally, anyway. But,
0: but I think like the sign and, and Nick and Stacy, you know, they had the signs too, where they had a sign that said zip, a sign that said stable, a sign that said, you know, whatever. And, and those signs almost, they do a little bit of the tell don't show, you know, and, and obviously a lot of these mm. builds are often supposed to just, you're, you're supposed to be able to look at them and sort of know what you're looking at. And a sign for the overall camp makes sense, but signs that label elements, maybe make it feel a little bit more theme parky and. And not as enough campy. And so, so that's sort of why I think this team struggled. Obviously, Jamie famously said, you know, where I'm struggling a little bit is to get enough of the camp versus the theme park. And even Amy, to your point, was saying it really feels like you spent a lot of your time on the function which is a real wow, but it came at the expense of the story and the imagination and the details. And so I think Mm -hmm. they just couldn't, they had so many amazing elements. And listen, like these two are at the top in terms of building at the top, in terms of Mm -hmm. motion, you know, they had the two motions, obviously was that unique spinning up and down motion of the centerpiece, but then also the conveyor belt that lifted the whales up and down uh, the other attraction, you know, activity. And so like, like, it's not that they don't have it. They just didn't get it put together in the way that we know this team can do because Some of their Mm -hmm. builds have been the most polished throughout the entire season, you know, really clean, really thought out, really, you know, complete. And I just feel like whether it was the pivot, whether it was uh, Brendan, you know, getting less time to spend on the rest of the build than he probably wanted to. I think that's really what probably set this team where it did. And so I guess let's jump right into it with our top two and bottom two. So in this challenge, there was top two and our top two were Austin and Justin and Ethan and Dom. Austin and Justin, Jamie said, "You built a big, bold model that really stood out with great colors, and your movement just brought it to another level, really elevating the story to a camp that we really want to visit." Ethan and Dom, I did note they had an incredibly strong reaction being in the top two. Dom's like, "Let's go, baby!" <laughs> <laughs> like I, like I loved that. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, uh, it's that that was just very fun. But Amy said, "What a fun camp you created! There's so much imagination, there's so much energy, and there were so many small stories." This was a real wow moment in your Lego masters journey. And so, you know, Philip, I'm curious to get your thoughts. You know, what did you think of our top two and like, uh, who's your honorable mention or who should have been there?
2: So I I think we've reached a point with these episodes where the skill of the teams that are left and their creativity is all like in a line and they're all par to sure. each other. And there there is some really difficult decisions that the judges have to make. Right. And, that, and that's why they that's why they make the big bucks, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, to make these decisions. And um, it's really hard. Like, I I remember looking at all these builds, and I'm like, I have no idea who I'd put in the yeah. top two. Now, my honorable mention is definitely Steven and Steven, because I really like their superhero camp. And I think that they did a really good job of of having a very cohesive build. But everybody else did as well. I think that it's a lot of really creative ideas. I thought maybe Dave and Emily could also end up in the top two. But the same thing I can say about like Emily and Liam as well. Like easily they could have been in the top two yeah. as well because they had a lot of really, really, really well built and really fun aspects. Um, in the end, um, I can definitely understand why they chose these two. Um, they have a lot of really fun aspects. The movement's really good, and they feel a lot like you know the camp that they were looking for. Um, yeah. out of this build. Um, again, very difficult decision. I understand why they picked the two that they for sure to be the top.
0: Yes. And our winners this time around were Ethan and Dom. Uh, so, you know, from builder's block to being on top, uh, they won. Sure. And Maria, I'm curious to get your thoughts. You know, what did you think about our winners? You know, uh, uh, Ethan and Dom.
1: Yeah, I tell you what, <clears throat> to echo what Philip was just saying, it this, this is a tough one. I'm like flipping through these the pictures of the builds and I'm going, okay, which ones did I put in there? And I do think ultimately they went with the one that immediately, like what you just said a minute ago, uh, show it, don't tell it. Or is that what you said?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, Show, don't tell.
1: Show, don't tell. And And if you, if you take all the signs off of all the builds and you're just looking at it, that's the one that you would probably look at and go, oh, it's camp, right? Like they, they really Mm -hmm. did get that, that can't like even, even more so than Austin and Justin, um, they really had that. This, this is a summer camp. There's, there's trees, there's the canteen, there's the outhouse, there's pool you know it's got all the icons but it's not a real camp like we don't actually have monsters you know so like (laughs) they got the fantasy part in there too you know with the tentacles coming out of the water I can totally understand why they they picked the one that they did. And I also did really like, I said this before, I really liked Austin and Justin. So I wasn't at all surprised that theirs was in the top two, because again, like it it looks really sweet, but it also has that, it has those camp camp icons in it. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm not mad about the top two that they picked, but I still like making space <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it
2: might be a girl, okay? I'm Sp- sorry. Spicy take.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well... Obviously, you know, they you know Ethan and Dom were so excited. They said, "Let's go again." They did like a secret handshake of sorts, which I which I very much so enjoyed. <laughs> but, you know, unique to this challenge, there was some stakes on the win. And so, as the winners, they got to choose which of the two boxes and, you know, what and pick a 50-50 chance at getting one or the other prizes. They decided to keep the box on the right, which, you know, as they opened it up uh, together, it ended up being the 90,000 bricks. But, you know, when they were doing their planning, They sort of had to plan that they might be giving the golden brick to someone. And, you know, we hear Dom say, if we give it to Brendan and Greg, because they'll be going home, then it will be completely (laughs) out of play. I say we should give it to them. So I felt like that was an incredibly bold statement by Dom. I loved it. I mean, yes. I loved the, I loved the, you know, kind of the gusto behind it, where he was like, like, uh, you know, we we heard what the judges said. They're definitely going home. So let's like, you know, if it is a golden brick, either we get it or we knock it out of play. Um, but obviously, it turned out that Brendan and Greg did have the golden brick. Um, so you know, Philip, you know, what was your take on the strategy that we saw them try to employ? If you were given the same decision, would you have tried would tried to use a different strategy? So I I didn't think on this
2: and um number one like i think they had a great idea because there's not a lot of um like weak teams um that are currently in like less than the competition. Like everybody's really hitting on all cylinders, especially on this challenge, right now. They picked right because you know Brendan Greg, their their build was not quite as as polished as their other builds had been. And if you're going to send a team home, like they thought that they were going to send them, send them get their, get rid of the golden brick because they know they've got competition. And if somebody else gets that golden brick, then next the next team that has an off episode like they can use it to save themselves and move themselves forward right now i would personally i would hope i'd pull the golden brick out of the two boxes obviously they didn't and they got a cool prize as a result on the side but um no i don't think that they're i don't think their their idea and their judgment was wrong because if you look at all the other builds it's really difficult to pick which one you put in the bottom two and because they're all so even to each other but they knew um and i think everybody knew i think brandon and greg probably knew or brandon and greg probably knew that they were going to be in the top yeah two. So for sure, for sure, a good call. Um, definitely a wow moment um, that that this was even an option. I remember just writing in my notes like, "Holy cow!"
1: Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say, I it kind of made me wonder uh, because you know, there's there's a lot of downtime when you're filming, even between
3: yeah, tapes that yep.
1: take that are like a second on the show, right? And um, I remember every episode as. We're all waiting like there'd be some episodes where we didn't know who the bottom two were going to be there were some episodes where it was pretty clear who the bottom two were going to be and i can remember a couple episodes where now they weren't always correct but there were a (laughs) couple episodes where people were going around they're like well i'm gonna miss you it's been really fun like i know we're going home because it was really bad you know And it kind of makes me wonder if there was almost that conversation because Mm -hmm. like Ethan and Dom were so sure that it was going to be Brennan and Greg and I, and if not, and it didn't feel like they were picking on them. It almost felt like it was, it almost felt like it had been a discussion. that Like like, they knew something
2: that we didn't know. Right.
1: Right. Right. Yes. Because, because it didn't really feel like they were going to be in the bottom until after the judging, like at the very end, when it, it all of a sudden everybody realized that their build hadn't come together. Like they had gotten the movement, looked awesome but everything else hadn't come together they want the way they wanted to so it just kind of made me like behind the scenes type thing like what was going on like what sort of discussions were happening in the green room that made them feel so confident about that
2: yeah. yeah, your your only other option is like you look at the other teams and their previous performance, and which teams were performing weak. But I don't think we have any teams, with the exception of like uh, I guess with uh, uh, Dave and Emily, but and and Austin, Justin being in the bottom two. But um, like I feel like Austin, Justin, Dave, and Emily are a bit on a streak right now. Like they're For they're sure. hot. So, like, they're not necessarily like, you know, just because they were in the bottom two before, it doesn't make them weak teams anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: I feel like I probably would have given it to the other top two team just because I wouldn't want to have to play favorites. And that seems like a really fair way to do it. It's probably not very strategic, though, is it?
0: Yeah, I know. It's so tough. I, I think the only other thing to your point a second ago, Philip, is like, could you give it to a team that would probably go home like in the next episode and sort of like have then let them play the golden brick and knock out someone any amount, quote unquote, yeah. better? Right. Yeah, you know, so like yep. so but obviously the hard part there, though, is that that person they knock out could be you, you know, so like, yes, that's true. You know, yep. it's, you it's have a, a really, really tough thing. And so I guess there's also the other kind of flip side of it where you could give it to a team that would never need it. You know, someone you think that's right. at the top of their game. And so at least it won't get played against you. It probably won't even be played at all. I mean, Mark and Boone, they didn't play it. You know, they held on to it yeah. for yep. basically the entire season after, uh, you know, after they had gotten it. But yeah, it's it's a really tough thing. But obviously, Brendan and Greg got the golden brick. They got 90,000 bricks, which they seemed very excited about earlier in the episode. <laughs> they basically said yes. that's what they wanted.
2: It'll, it'll help with their talking.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, But the last piece we have to go through, though, is, of course, our bottom two. This was Nick and Stacy and Brendan and Greg. After winning two challenges in a row, here they are in the bottom two, which just goes to show, you know, the wrong challenge comes your way and you never know. But Nick and Stacy, Amy said, I loved your idea of a fantasy camp in the clouds with all those little stories and details. It was when I took a step back, I was missing the bigger picture and the bigger camp story that and really that focal point. That really told me right away, this is a fantasy summer camp. And with Brendan and Greg, they said, your movement was really fantastic. And you should be very proud of that, Jamie said. But it also distracted a bit and made us feel like a bit like it was an amusement park. And this was a challenge where we wanted to get lost in the camp stories. So I sort of feel like the theme of the bottom two was, did it scream camp? You know, and I think Mm -hmm. that in both these instances, it didn't scream camp. I, obviously, we I mean, know Maria would have had <laughs> to win, but but Maria, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, just about the bottom two. I, I know that you had mentioned throughout our discussion that you sort of feel like neither of them belonged there, but uh, you know, but someone's got to be in the bottom two, right?
1: Yeah. Well, no, and and you know, like I said, I, I did sort of I did sort of pivot. I'm Brennan and Greg's after taking a closer look at it. Not, not because I thought it was, you know, bad or whatever. I just, it, it did, it did have that less finished feel to it. So like in the end, I totally understand why they were in the bottom two. Um, you know how I feel about Nick and Stacey's build. I like it. Um, so I probably don't even say any more about that, but yeah, I mean, I, but again, like I said before, you know, you, you get to a point where both just having the experience from challenge to challenge, learning the brick pit, learning what the judges are looking for, and then also just the, the teams, they get to be on a higher level. And it that difference between first place and last place narrows drastically. Yeah. And it it there every single week that bottom two becomes both clear. And every single week people are going to they're going to disagree because it is so subjective like you could pick two judges from any different place and they might pick somebody else based off of whatever it is that they see but then again there's also those those hidden rules that we may not see that we just don't we don't know about because that's not televised right so you know maybe there were some rules that that kind of just tipped tipped the builds into the favor of one way or the other. So, uh and and I, I like I said, I always hate to fault the judges because it is such a difficult decision, and in the end, they have to make a decision, yeah. and you can't you can't fault them for that because that's the, that's the way the the show goes. And so, I I mean, I will never be mad at Amy, Amy, and Jamie for a decision they make because that's that's no nobody wants to be in that position. I'm glad it's them and not me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, ultimately, I think they, I'm sure they made whatever was the the best decision. I would be curious to know. So I I feel like maybe we've mentioned this before, but in our very first episode in season 2, you know, it was non-elimination. So we were in the bottom 2, but neither of us got eliminated. I I am curious to know if that was a conversation that came up off camera to say, "Oh, well, just so you know, like you would have been the one who's going home, so make sure you bring it next week." You know, um it just kind of put a little fire in your butt. <laughs>
0: Well, let's jump right into that because, you know, unfortunately, you know, when there's a bottom two, we have to g- say goodbye to someone. Um, however, as Will says, this is not a normal Lego Masters season. And <laughs> this is not a normal Lego Masters episode. This is camp Clickabrick, And if you went to our website, you'd see this was a non elimination <laughs> summer camp, you know. It's funny. I went to an an elimination summer camp and it was really awkward when we had to send people home. No, I'm just kidding. But (laughs) all the teams were safe. It happens often. (laughs) Yes. All the teams were safe this time. And so this is a very interesting one. You know, like it it sort of reminds me of the Star Wars challenge from season one, where at the end of that one, it was a non-elimination challenge. You know, they were still sort of like stack ranked and told sort of who would have won, you know, all those sort of things. But I think I wonder if this is sort of a way to say, listen, even great teams that have one like nick and stacy like you know brent and greg they could go home and you could go mm-hmm. home
3: mm-hmm. but like
0: we're gonna keep everybody safe this time just to remind you that anyone could go home but you know philip what are what's your thoughts about this non-elimination
2: so super hot take on this whole thing and i am trying to figure out the best way to frame this but we have brent and greg and nick and stacy who have been very strong Throughout this competition, I I believe I know that the judges knew that there was a non-elimination, right? Like going into this, they for sure knew because they they have a lot sure. of insight into everything that's going on. I, mean, I assume so anyway, right? Again, with both those teams being predominantly very good at making really fantastic builds um throughout this competition i almost wonder if they did it to kind of encourage them to say hey look don't rest on your laurels just because you've won some of these challenges you do really well you finished top two um don't rest because you could have been knocked out today. Like if mm-hmm. it had not been a non-elimination, they would have known. And all a lot of this is all predetermined, right? So one the, of the questions came up for season one was like, oh, they didn't eliminate Tyler and Amy because of blah, blah, blah. But all of this is predetermined because it is a competition and there are rules and they have to have this stuff like built out mm-hmm. ahead of time. Yes. So absolutely. again, that... That could have been um, one reason why they did it. Another reason, as well, I guess, is a possibility, is because it, it it's really fun for TV. It makes a lot of drama. Oh my gosh, the top two teams are in the <laughs> bottom too. Like, oh my gosh, uh-huh. what's going on here? Like, what's happening on LEGO Masters this week?
1: Well, we had that reaction if you yes. recall. Like, yeah, I we was were like, what? Watching it and and they called them down, and we're looking at you they are like, oh no, no they cannot what's do going this. Yep. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I know. I I had this thought. I'm like, they just won two back to back challenges and Brendan and Greg are going home. Like, what? Yes. you know and so it was crazy but you know when they announced that it's an it's you know all teams are safe we see dom and ethan sort of realize that their plan is now foiled dom like gives this like epic side eye the second they <laughs> announce that they're all safe which i, just, which I loved i loved yes. yep. um you know i think dom and ethan sort of bring like a fun competitiveness to the show which we don't typically see um yeah. and so they definitely took this one as like their big gambit was sort of spoiled you know dom even says our plan didn't work, so hopefully that doesn't bite us in the butt. And you know, sometimes when the editors leave a line like that in the show, it does. Feels like foreshadowing. Back. So it, I, 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 every, I, yeah,
1: yes. Every time they do something like that, I look over at like the kids of Phil and I go, mm, "That sounds like mm, foreshadowing." Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we'll have to see about that. But this is one other thing I loved is when you know Brendan and Greg were talking about how no one in the history of Lego Masters has been in the bottom two and ended up with the golden brick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I so okay, I have to say I actually love that because the the whole like competing to win the golden brick feels obvious, right? Like you did the best, you get the golden brick, but how many times in the past, I mean, frequently it's given them and they don't really need it, right? Yeah. So this whole idea of giving it now, of course, Brennan and Greg haven't typically been underdogs, but this whole idea of an underdog team being able to win it is kind of fun because it, it, you you know and and being a team that you got eliminated halfway through like it would have been kind of cool to have that like halfway through you're like oh no I'm bottom two but <laughs> you can use a golden break or you get your non-elimination like it's it's just kind of like a like a fun little bolster to a, a team that maybe isn't doing as well which again I know they won the last two challenges but still the point is a statement.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, because I think like, you know, on Survivor, there's lots of, um, you know, advantages, is what they call them. So like, you know, the, the hidden immunity idol, all these things. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is a coincidence, but it often feels like less of a coincidence, because it often feels like the person who needs it finds it. And right. so it's one of those things where that creates a great TV moment, because you don't want someone who doesn't need it to just like get to keep it as a souvenir at the end of the show. You want someone yeah. who so we want to see people play it, we want to see plans foiled. We want to see people be like, I got, you know, screwed because, you know, when Marie and Philip, play, you know, played the golden brick, I went home, you know, whatever it is, yep. you know. So <laughs> it's one of those things where it's more fun, you know, it adds to the show. I, you know, I, I am curious if we'll see other advantage mechanisms whether it's something else even beyond the golden brick like you know to get i, I would love one that gave them extra time and they could play at yeah. any challenge yep. i would love you know like other things like that or even like uh, you know god forbid a punishment thing that you could you know have some other team lose 30 minutes or you know like i mean who knows but i, I think it'd be fun well, to see more powers enter the game
2: i think australia did
1: that I, and you yeah i was gonna say i don't know yep. if you've watched australian lego masters or not but they do a lot of that kind of stuff now the format is quite a bit different than ours, but like, I I think it was a season or two ago, they had the Brick of Doom and I forget what the Brick of Doom did, but it actually was kind of an annoying thing <laughs> that until they won a challenge, they had the Brick of Doom, you know, so. Uh, but that wouldn't I like isn't so great, but it is it is kind of fun to be able to have these little challenges where like you're immune from elimination or you get an extra 10 minutes or, you know, you get to pick your theme first or whatever. So yeah. you know, those are those are kind of fun. We haven't seen those in, in Lego Masters until this last episode. So I, I do kind of hope they'll add more stuff in there without gamifying it to the point of making it just wildly unfair for other teams. because. Right. This is a skill-based competition, sure. Uh, and and so I think I think the the Lego build should always be like the most important thing. But having these little advantages along the way, or like the little bonus prizes, like I I think that just adds a little extra little extra fun to it. I, think,
2: it, I like it. It does. And I think as we see the seasons continue to, because now that they've officially announced the casting for season four. Um, I think that we're going to continue to uh, like see these kind of challenges and additional fun aspects kind of amp up. Um, And if anybody's listening, it'd be kind of fun to do like a silver brick where like Uh you have you have an option like a challenge or something like that that maybe it's not necessarily tied around like the person's build ability, but around some other little mini challenge that they have similar to like what we had with, you know, building the car to match as close as you could. But the silver brick gives you immunity for a single episode. That's it. And then it's gone. Like you're, you're set for the next episode. Yes. But that that could be kind of fun.
0: Survivor, you know, like essentially like there's the hidden immunity idol, but sometimes it's only good for two tribals or sometimes it's only good at that. And I feel like, I feel like to your point, like, um, these like expiring advantages have been yes. a really fun twist for Survivor because it's allowed them to put more in knowing that they're slightly less powerful and they won't yep. last as long, mm-hmm. you know? So I, right. I do love that idea as well. Like to your point, like, um, and even in Big Brother, which is actually done by the same production company as Lego Masters, yep. they have the golden power of veto, but they've had the diamond power of Vito. They've had other different versions right. of their, their their like mechanic, uh, their advantage. So yes, I I hope we'll see some fun stuff. Uh, and, and to your point, Maria, though, I'd love it like to be more of like, a an advantage for the team versus a disadvantage for someone else. Or, you know, like it, I'd like it to keep in the spirit of the show if possible. Um, and, and mm-hmm. there'd be different ways to, to win it. Like this was a fun way to see the loot, you know, what could have been the losing team win it. And, you mm-hmm. know, and maybe listen, and maybe they'll take a note from survivor. And if you happen to be digging into the green two by fours, you'll find the golden brick, you know? Yeah, so- there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that could be fun. <laughs> that
2: would be fun. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because I will say or the, like, or
1: the silver brick. It, it is, uh, it is obviously it's difficult to, to win the challenge for lots of reasons, but it's not like a different team wins each week. Like you tend to see kind of a, a crop of, of people win each week. So I think, you know, when the Golden Brick came out, when on that first, it was our first episode, right? Was when they brought the Golden Brick out. Yeah. I think we kind of looked at each other and we were like, no, we're not going for the Golden Brick. We're really just going survival. For having yeah. our build done, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so, so like you do kind of, you do kind of get this feeling of like, well, we're not, and I don't mean, maybe, maybe it's too much self-deprecation, but we're like, oh, we're not going to win this challenge. So let's just try to like <laughs> do the best we can. And then, um, and, or like with um, the, the Lamborghini one, that one actually did have an advantage. What was it? it oh, did, you yep. got time. You got a little extra time in the thing, yep. which didn't work out so well for them, <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> But I, I remember that one too. Uh, I, I personally very much struggled with that Lamborghini build and Phil the whole time was like, it doesn't matter. Like if we don't win, nothing happens. It's totally fine. Uh, but you know, you're like, Oh, well, you, you want to get the advantage, which, you know, yeah, do the, you? End up being that huge <laughs> the a end? deal? I know. Right.
3: <laughs> but yeah,
1: anyway, so just, uh, it's, it is kind of fun that there's other ways to do it because there are definitely I think there are probably teams that just like are like well it's not gonna happen so
0: yeah we'll just yeah I know I wonder like even if it those mini challenges like to your point about like um the silver brick Philip like if you won the Lamborghini challenge you you just advance the next week you don't even have to do the other there bit. you go yep yep exactly you know, I love it that, I think that'd be interesting <laughs> you build th-
1: th- but. But you're not going
0: to get eliminated. Well, but but I'm saying, but don't even, but don't even let them build, and don't even let them see what happens. So when they show up on set the next day, they just find out who's who's gone.
2: You know? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah,
0: there's 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 a similar one like that on Survivor. They call it (laughs) it, it, they call it safety without power, which essentially means you're allowed to leave tribal, so it means you're not going to get voted out, but you also don't get to vote. You don't all you know all that sort of stuff. So. Yes, huh. there's a lot of unique opportunities there. But Are you a we can,
1: Survivor super fan?
0: I, I am a bit of a Survivor super fan, a big brother super fan. Yeah. Are you going to
1: do a Survivor podcast too?
0: No, there's already too many I already listened to. I oh, could, could do that's it. fair. That's fair. Uh,
1: I, I I believe that. But plus, you've already got the Lego thing going, and I'm sure that takes up enough of your time.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's funny, though, because actually listening to all those podcasts made me think that there was an opportunity for a podcast for Lego yeah, Masters. Yeah, Oh, I love it. Yeah. So that, that was my inspiration for sure. Um, but that wraps up this episode. So we have to talk about next episode, not just next season and all the advantages. Listen, if you take any of these ideas, you know, I know that there's producers listening, I'm sure. Like, I, I definitely deserve a cut. Um, you know, Maria, Philip, you deserve a cut, tail. The silver so, brick.
2: Just put my name exactly. on it and call it good.
0: Exactly. Uh, but uh, let's talk about next episode. This is Lego okay. Mini Masters. And part of me thought, thought, is this a miniature challenge? No, it's a mini golf challenge. You're going to build me my very own mini golf course, Will says. And this one definitely seemed pretty fun. We already saw like a bit of of you know uh, people two people doing the same thing. It happens to be Ethan, Dom, and Nick and Stacy again. They're both doing conveyor belts just like they both did monkeys. Um, and I loved the Nick's line. He goes, "Yeah, we are. You got a problem with that? You know." So I feel like the competitions <laughs> ratcheting up. We see some breakage. Yeah, uh, you know, Philip, I, I could sense you're excited for this episode. What are your thoughts? I
2: am. Um, I you know coming from a space of having kids and i played a lot of mini golf. Um, I. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And I think this is something that is wildly creative, um, it, while still being based in like, uh, I, so people can relate to, right. With mini golf, sure. right. Um, And I'm really curious to see what they're gonna do. Obviously Lego is not designed to have like golf balls hit at it or like (laughs) be able to, um, I think it looked like like, a movie, right? The the orb of Titalist. And um, I am curious like what's gonna happen. And then of course you always see the builds that are breaking and your heart kind of drops a little bit. You're like, oh my gosh, is this actually something that impacted them? You know, I think it was, was it Brandon and, and Brandon and Greg that had something to break? Like did they have to use the golden brick? Like what's coming up? I, I, I don't know. I also, I get the question a lot too. People always ask me if I play basketball and I always ask them if they may play mini golf. So, um, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm really, this, this is one of the, one the challenges that I'm very excited to see what they can do because there's such a wild variety of how you can handle golf and Lego.
0: Yes. Well, I think it won't be hard to stick to the mini golf theme because it has to functionally be a mini golf course versus like the camp, you know, was it camp right. enough? Was it pirate yep. ship enough? Right. Uh, but yep. Maria, you know, would you be excited to take this challenge on? Well, <laughs> when the. When they first showed the challenge, I was like, Oh,
1: we could have built the windmill. (laughs) (laughs) Which for those of you who are just catching up, we went home on the windmill episode. Um but like those Dutch windmills, those are a classic mini golf icon. And it doesn't have to withstand wind, so that actually would have been a really good idea. and uh yeah, I when we heard when I saw that there was a mini golf episode coming up, we were like, are they building one for a mini or are they building but they each get like a whole. Mini golf layout and oh my gosh, I just think that sounds like so much fun. I love this challenge, so I'm very excited to see the next episode and to see what they come up with, and also to to hear what like the perimeters are because I I kind of get the impression that there's going to be something other than just build a mini golf course. So I'm I'm excited to hear what the challenges are and to see what what people do and and um, I don't know maybe we should, you want to build one, Phil? Should we build a giant windmill for a mini golf? Kind of fun.
2: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I and I'm I'm curious, like they haven't had have any like really big like twists or mini challenges. I'm curious if there's gonna be anything with a mini challenge or the mini golf. I don't know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, we'll have to stay tuned to next week to find out. Uh, but that unfortunately brings us to the end of this podcast. And so I want to say, of course, an amazing thank you to, our unbelievable guests, Marie and Philip. Thank you both so so much. Listen, it's always a pleasure to talk Lego Masters. It's always so much fun to get to talk to you both. Um, so thank you so much for being generous to your time with us.
2: Yeah, thank you very much for having us again.
1: Yeah, the pleasure's all ours. We absolutely uh, love hanging out with you, especially Lego on such a
2: fun fun episode.
0: Yes. Oh, oh my God. gosh. Wild, if it was a boring ride. episode, they wouldn't have had as much fun with me. But because it was a good one, <laughs> you know, it was okay. <laughs> Make our own fun. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, obviously, everyone who listens to this podcast, not, you know, they're, they're this far into the podcast. They're going to want to keep in touch with you after the episode. So if people want to keep up with what you're doing and all the things you're building, you know, where can they keep in touch with you?
2: Yeah. So um, our best place is uh, on Instagram, uh, Midwest underscore builders. Uh, we have a joint account where we uh, will post all of our kind of adventures and the things that we're working on, a lot of our builds. Um, right now, we're about to hit build season. So you'll see some kind of fun stuff through that. Um, and we'll we copy that a lot of that over to Facebook as well, too, under Midwest builders as well.
0: Perfect. Um, Well, we're so excited to see what you do next. And listen, there's, you know, like you, Philip said, there's 12 episodes. I think with 13 teams, I could see us getting more than 12 episodes. So we'll have to see. Uh, But uh, I imagine this won't be the last time we hear from Maria and Philip. So if you liked what they had to say, hopefully we'll get to hear from them again this season. But, just want to say thank you again. It's always such a pleasure for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.
0: It was a blast getting to break down this episode with Maria and Philip and every single episode, I just get even more excited for the next one. Based on the outcome of this challenge, there's no exit interview this week, but we will be back next week at our normal schedule for episode eight, where, you know, I'll be back with another panel of Lego Masters contestants to break everything down. So be sure to subscribe because you definitely won't want to miss out on our mini golf episode breakdown. Plus, We've got a ton more coming for the rest of the season that I can't wait to bring your way So if you want to follow along with the podcast Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to it now And if you're listening on itunes be sure to leave us a review as it really helps others find the podcast If you want even more lego content be sure to check out my youtube channel talk bricks Where I cover the lego news for the week every saturday And you can follow the channel on all social media platforms with the username at talk bricks And if you want to follow the podcast on instagram and facebook, it's talk bricks masters and on twitter Twitter, it's TB Masters. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys next time.